What is going on, my podcast posse family? This is episode three. We are on a roll and we're just riding off a of pure momentum. We're going to keep this thing going. And today, this is a very special episode because we have our first guest. So, boy, do we have a treat for you. Uh, just to reiterate on this guest, I've met this guy on the way back from Cuba on a plane and we had a conversation that continued for hours and hours, and I was really impressed with his train of thought. If you are a traveler, if you love photography, and you want to hear a good conversation, then keep your ears glued to the stereo or your headphones, however you're listening to this podcast. We also talked about politics, too. He is a man that works in politics, and he just touches on the importance to not get super deep into it, but get involved so you have an idea of what's going on in your community. And he also brought his friend. I guess I could say he's my friend now. Um, but without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Reese and Juice. We appreciate you for doing this stuff. You guys are our first guest, so I mean that's kind of a big deal. Oh, sheesh! But you know when I when I when I started this podcast, you know, like you like initially you were the first person that I wanted on, you know. Really? Just be yeah, just because of the conversation that we had, you know, when we were on the plane. So it was funny, bro. I think it was just we were just in Cuba mode because you know in Cuba you don't have your phone to where like you know you're not disconnected with reality. You know, it's just like me, my girl, him, and his girl. Like that's all we did was just have these dope ass conversations. Because yeah. we didn't have these distractions, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think like when we was on the plane, it was kind of like that same thing. I was hella tired. I remember why. I remember you I walking was hella up, tired. And I'm like, okay, I, I thought you was a, a Cuban, bro. You know, I thought you were probably <laughs> going back home or whatever. You know, so you know, I'm just chilling, whatever, hella tired. And then I, I remember you were like, uh, "What's up with your book?" I had a Che Guevara book. And that's oh, how the, yeah. That and is. that's how the the conversation kind of got brought up, you know. And then yeah. just, bro, we literally talked for like the whole the whole ride there. I bet you everybody on the plane was hella annoyed with this. Like, bro, these motherfuckers What's crazy is even me in the back of my head, I was like, fuck, I want to go to sleep, but I'm enjoying the convo. You feel yeah. me? So I was like, man, I'm going to keep chopping it up with him. And it was funny because the way I described, uh, when I said somebody was coming on the podcast, the way I described you was like, I'm like, bro, we, we really similar. Like, yeah. you turn up when you go out, you know, to, to another country, yeah. but you also very aware of like what's going on politically exactly. and the history you know, and the, the culture, culture of that company. Too, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's why I was so invested in into Cuba or going to Cuba is because, mm-hmm. you know, like just the fascination that I had with it, you know, like the revolution, you know, yeah. just like how the mob used to run that shit. And, Bro, you know, so, yeah, we was talking about you that. Know, so for us, you know, it was more of a like, it was more of a heightened experience because it's just not something, oh, we're just going to go to Cuba just because mm-hmm. it's trendy. Everybody's going over there. Now, yeah, like, exactly. actually there, you could uh, appreciate the historical significance of it. You exactly. Know? You know, like he's like the same way too, man. We would get into these deep ass conversations, you know, just, you know, dive in a little more. You mm-hmm. know, and when we having those conversations you know that's when i was just like man like we got the short link yeah this, bro man. It, it took it over a year but hey at least we made it happen though, exactly right? yeah even yeah. the when he he told me that we're basically making the plan to go to cuba mm-hmm. we already were kind of in the cuban mode and we had never even been there but he got me hyped up with the whole revolution thing and to yeah. me 
Cuba always kind of stood out there for me was because it did have a huge influence. My family's from El Salvador, mm-hmm. and it had a huge influence on what ended up happening in yeah. El Salvador because of the Cuban Revolution. Yeah. Yeah. So when I seen Bird get excited, and then when he recommends people, when he, he tells me he chopped it up with somebody, mm-hmm. I was in a high regard because he could hold a good conversation with Yeah, anybody. definitely, bro. Yeah, Appreciate yeah. that, man, for real. And uh, shoot, I kind of wanted to ask you, um, Dan, which picture did you choose? I chose the one... Um, I think it was uh they had a wheelbarrow and they had like a bag of sand. Yeah, I was about to ask you like if you can like describe the picture and then maybe like tell me why oh, you chose. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I, why yeah. you chose that picture specifically? I'm, I'm gonna grab the, the, the picture. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think the one that stood out to me was the one uh, um, with the blue um, paint on the house. And the ah, house. yeah, that's my favorite picture yeah, too. Yeah, yeah man, that, I love that picture a, a lot. It was like the um the one you're talking about was like blue it was like baby blue on each side of the wall yeah. but then you see like this window in the middle and this like old lady with like the little arm just covering her yeah. face so yeah. you can't really identify her yeah so it's yeah. like symmetric but at the same time there's a lot going on there mm-hmm. although there's only probably three objects in that picture it's, mm-hmm. it's the house then you have the, the window mm-hmm. uh, and then you have the lady covering up her face yeah man so it's like there's not m- not a lot to see, but it's it, to me. It just there's a lot yeah. of like, emotion and there's a lot going on in that picture. It almost makes you feel like something missing, yeah. and you just like you still analyzing the photo, trying yeah. to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, so uh, you know, Reese came through and he uh, he brought me some photos, super juice too. I can't wait to hang this shit up. But um, just to give you guys a, a visual description, um, it's a, it's a Cuban dude and he's uh, he, he's riding like a tricycle. But then he has like a bag of sand on there. And there's two other Cuban guys kind of pushing it. And the reason why I picked this is because um, the one thing that I did notice when I went to Cuba is the compassion and the humanity mm-hmm. of people. You know, like I'm pretty sure he didn't even know them. You know, he probably just asked yeah. for the help. And they're like, all right, for sure. You know, exactly. so like I remember when we were out there, it was just like little small, subtle things. We would walk to get directions, whatever. We were walking with a Cuban dude. Some other Cuban dude was like, hey, you got a lighter? Remember that? And then like he was like, I don't got no lighter. But he stopped his whole shit just to ask everybody on that block for a lighter. You yeah, know, yeah, and then yeah, after yeah. that, he lit a cigarette and he did his thing. You know, yeah. so it's just like, that's why I picked that. Because like the one thing that I did take from Cuba is the compassion in, in, in people, you know, and just mm-hmm. like, and, and the, the connectedness that, you know, the community has, you know, yeah. it's just so tight. It's a tight knit bond. Even though, I mean, shit, they're probably strangers, you know, but, you know, he did them a solid, you know, and helped yeah, them out. Exactly. Yeah, this this picture is, I think, if you can paint a picture of what Cuba is exactly like, this is perfect. You got the guy, he's, he looks like he's pretty much tired of, of trying to pull <laughs> rice or potatoes or whatever that is in the yeah. bags. Because there's a lot of them there, so it does look heavy. And then you have the two gentlemen in the back, they're helping him out, giving him a push. And then you see the background. See the Che Guevara, uh, mm-hmm. Che Guevara right um, next to his right, face, right? Next right? Just yeah. in the background and the blue, mm-hmm. and it's right aligned <coughs> with his face too. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. It's man. like it, it, <clears throat> it always has like a, it, it sits with the Cuban culture no matter what. Yeah. So on this picture, it's there, just so you know, like you can't not say this is not Cuba, even if you haven't been to Cuba. If you look at this picture, it's Cuban. It's Cuban. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's real Cuban, yeah. man. So, so this is funny for me, bros, because like, so I, I, I rented out a camera, a dope ass camera, mm-hmm. and um, 
I still didn't take the pictures that I wanted to take. And I mm. think well, I was a little timid, you know, to go just to go up to people and ask for their picture, you know? Yeah. So, like, how did you finesse your way, like, with that? Because, you know, like, Man. you got really, really intimate pictures. You know? I still like, get nervous about trying yeah, to ask yeah. people to take pictures. The uh, One thing my friend told me one time, he was like, it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission sometimes. So, like, at times I would try to take pictures and I would ask somebody, you know, but uh, sometimes, yo, I would just be walking around, yo, and then I would just flick up, like, however I can with the little 50 millimeter. So it's already kind of close up. I'll get close as possible, and I'll just know, like, yo, I probably got, like, 10 seconds to try to take, like, two pictures, and I'll just take it. But sometimes I would tell people, like, hey, like, um, I would try to, the way I would do it, I would speak Spanish, yeah. so they automatically like show me a little bit more respect, mm -hmm. and I would just be like, "Oh, you're beautiful, you know. Can I take this picture of you?" Just so they know, I'm not taking a picture of them from a standpoint of like I'm trying to show you as poor, yeah, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to show you uh -huh. as needy, you know. It's like no, I'm trying to show you live. Like even when you see the picture of the kids, right? The picture of the kids is like super live it's super electric it's yeah. super colorful and everything like that you almost feel the energy through the picture but it's you do not at all look at any of my pictures and say oh that person need help yeah, or that right. person not happy mm -hmm. like it's like you said the humanity is trying to figure out a way to make them look human yeah, you know what yeah, i'm saying to sure. the person that's viewing them yeah 100 yeah. yeah man that's dope yeah because i mean i've gotten into situations where people have come up to me and asked me to delete the picture. Oh yeah, I've been yeah, yeah, I've had that situation before yeah. too. And then again, I just respect them. You know, if yeah. you want me to delete it, cool. Yeah. Sometimes I try to take the flick before you even notice me. You know, yeah. but um, that's all I can do is ask. You know, hopefully they see my vision. Hopefully they understand I'm coming from a good place and then hope for the best you know if they ask me to delete it i just you know delete it because i don't want no smoke uh -huh. yeah, did, yeah, yeah. You, did you get any negative uh i mean in this, did you ever get into the situation to where somebody in cuba asked you to um or anything like that yeah i have the you know they kind of look at you like every because they don't they're not really sure if you're taking a picture of them yeah or if you're taking a picture of something around them yeah. so you can kind of feel the stare a little bit yeah, yeah. and as soon as you get that stare i kind of like lower my cameras a little bit yeah. like make eye contact and usually they'll just like yeah. w like go across their yeah. neck like nah like yeah. it ain't happening over here yeah. but never really like nothing super confrontational or nothing like that if i got one off and they just noticed on the third one they usually kind of let me go with it like yeah. hey i don't want no picture and i walk you know i walk away they walk away yeah. and so yeah okay. but that is a nervous thing though to do yeah. is yeah. try to yeah. ask people to it's take pictures yeah but walking around man you just flick up one good thing is when we went to uh trinidad um the city was only two miles like wide yeah. so you walk around once you kind of start recognizing people mm -hmm. like you said some people look at me and think i'm cuban because of my dark skin so yeah. they kind of just you know letting me little rock out but i'm just like walk and i'll see something that i like i'll just take the picture instantly and i'll just keep walking yeah because yeah. even don't... in that picture it shows the type of like diversity that there is in cuba yeah exactly yeah. and one thing i don't want i don't sometimes i don't like telling somebody i'm taking a picture because then you get the whole they smiling, they yeah, engage yeah, in the photo, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, like, no. It's, it's fabricated. Want candy it's fabricated. Yeah. I want the candid. You know, yeah. I want the real life. Yeah, that's you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the best thing. Well, for starters, my name Reese. I don't even know if I even said my name. But um, Instagram, Darsana.image. So if you ever want to check out any of my photos or connect. But um, 
I remember you was telling me how you ended up going because you had a passion for like the politics and everything in Cuba. Yeah. And it's funny because like Cuba for my, me was like a little bit more arbitrary. Like um, I had a homie, you know, with Jabril, whatever. Mm-hmm. When he had my homie, basically had uh, passed away or whatever. And then we had this group chat because you know when you graduate from college, bro. Everybody kind of goes their own way yeah, and everything uh-huh. like that, and you just start separating from people. So we had this group chat, like, hey. Let's not wait till something bad happen for everybody to kind of like get together or whatever. Yeah. And I'm the type of person like I'm super stubborn. So like if I make a decision to do something, I'm with it. Like I'm I'm there, bro. Like you're <laughs> not gonna stop me unless like I'm in handcuffs. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Same way, yeah, that's so I started this group chat and then I was just like, hey, like you know, um, I create this group chat because you know we want to be able to get together like. And I know we all, like, doing our thing, working and stuff like that. And long story short, man, like, I started doing heavy research, man, trying to find a place that was affordable and, um, and like, something that everybody could enjoy. It would be a little bit something for everybody. Man, I think it was, like, 12 people that was like, yeah, I'm with it, I'm with it, let's do it. One by one. Falling, falling off. Falling off, yeah. falling off, one by one. And I'm yeah. just like, and I don't shame nobody for that. Like, stuff pops up and everybody yeah, got responsibilities, you feel me? But I was just like, yo, I don't think you would ever find, and we can talk about this too, is like, I don't think you'll ever find a plane ticket to Cuba round trip for $300. Yeah. Like, and we ended up paying 400 but still, like, in my mind, I assumed it would be like, a thousand you know what i'm saying because my first time leaving the country was to go to ghana you feel me and i paid like 1200 so i'm thinking of it like it's this huge expense you Mm -hmm. feel me so i save up my money or whatever and i'm literally about i'm like well fuck y'all then i'm gonna just go you know by myself because we just said we was gonna do this and like now it means something to me so i'm gonna really go and then we're literally sitting doing like bottomless mimosas or whatever man at this little (laughs) restaurant and I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm venting to him. I'm like, man, I'm about to go to Cuba okay. by myself. Like, you know, I'm not <laughs> yeah. wanting to go by myself, yeah. but whatever, bro. I'm in this yeah. thing. Best decisions come from mimosas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then literally, bro, like, well, you tell him, bro. Yeah, so we just had mimosas. He's like, yeah, I'm about to go to Cuba. What's it like? <laughs> In a month or two months? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. You know, it was like in a month, like, yo. I was like, he was just like, yeah, August. I was like, oh, for real? This August? <laughs> oh, for sure. I was stupid faded. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm about to buy my ticket right now. I'm going to fight you all. Yeah. Legit, Instantly bro. just bought yeah, my ticket. Yeah. He was like, I'll worry about the hotel and stuff later. I'm, I'm out there. And the I'm crazy thing you. is, like, he just trusted me. And then my thing is, I try to give people that, you know, like, look, I'm going out there. I'm a B-turn just because, like, we do want to have fun. Yeah. We're young and everything. But I'm a, I'm a real outdoors person, so I want to go and travel, do the hikes, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And he was just like, whatever you with, I'm down. And I'm just like, damn, you don't really get no better than that. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever I'm with you, just down with to flow. go. Yeah, exactly, yeah. bro. And when I, he bought his plane ticket, like, right in front of me, and I was just like, this dude don't know where he's staying. Yeah. <laughs> this dude don't know. And I, that's another story I got to tell you, too. I'm like, this dude don't know nothing. He just decided to just go. Yeah. So I said, man, I fuck with you, Juice. Bruh, first day in Cuba, bro. <laughs> I made a mistake. It was on me. The Airbnb lady that we was going through, you feel me? His girl came too. But I put on there, like, we just rolling with two people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Long story short, bruh, she was like, I can't house y'all. Yeah. So we literally had nowhere to stay on our first night. She was like, 
let me call my friend. She called this one dude, bruh, and was just like, could you fit, like, three people? And then, luckily, he was like, yeah, I got it. Literally not knowing who this person was, I, like, we gave the person all our luggage this and stuff. This was in Havana? Yeah, this yeah. was in Havana. Yeah. We gave the person all our luggage and everything, and just imagine seeing all your luggage, laptop and all. Away, just on a bike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bro. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. We're not, where we're not it's like, like, yeah. Now, mind you, spot. a lot of my friends, bro, when they, like, came from, like, Nigeria to, like, New York, bro, they did the same stuff, and guess what? They never saw their luggage again, bro. So I'm just thinking in my head, like, damn. It gotta be something in the water for us to just trust this yeah. random person on the bike yeah. with our luggage. Yeah. Literally, dude was like, "Hop on my motorcycle, I'm gonna take you to my house." I'm looking at him like, "Fuck it, bro!" Like, literally, yeah. just hopped on the motorcycle. <laughs> I was like, "If something happens, something happened. I'm gonna just like yeah. see y'all there." Literally, bro, the Airbnb was solid. We like all worked out, and I just made me think about like trust, right? Yeah. That's yeah. where it's like. Something about out here, like I don't know if it's American, but like we just some violent, yeah, we don't trust some people, yeah, bro. That's what it is. It's yeah. the same culture. It's the don't culture. trust anyone. That's kind of like sure. the one thing that's become part of like the huge American culture is. I think even a lot Survival. of pop culture, hip hop, always yeah. teaches don't trust anyone. Right? Yeah, you yeah. see what happened yeah. with Kanye and Drake. It's yeah. like, yeah, hey man, yeah. can't trust forty man. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Like, yeah, but they did they explain to you why they couldn't house all three? Nah, uh, shit. I think it was think just her having, personal preference. Yeah, she was she like, might have been having like another so, guest coming yeah. or something. Well, I, was, I think what it is uh, is in Cuba is they have to document with the government. Oh, oh that's oh, what it was. She did say that yeah, actually. Yeah. So, did. so that's why I'm sure they took your passport right and made a copy of yeah, it. Yeah, that was also weird too, right? Because then it's like our passport don't have our social security on it or nothing, but it's still kind of like, yeah, what yeah. you need my passport yeah. for? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so in Cuba, just provided a little clarity on that is that they do need to, uh, I guess, report it to the government who stay, who they're housing in the house, because Airbnb recently just became a thing in Cuba. Um, otherwise, most people would have to stay at like a hotel mm, or, yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. But. but how do y'all feel about that though? It's like technology and like that outreach to like these other societies that are like i would say underdeveloped per se right mm -hmm. where it's like we may look at airbnbs like ain't that some capitalist non-woke yeah. shit yeah. but then in cuba it's like well damn they low-key are giving them an opportunity to like yeah. make a little money, money you know what i'm uh -huh. saying if yeah. they get that because yeah. they do have to report it to the government and i don't know how that works yeah. but Honestly, I think it's just the situation that presents itself, like with technology, especially in Cuba, because that's the one thing that I noticed is that like there's so much they breed so much talent there, you know, and they don't yeah, have right. no resources or anything, you know, to to exploit that. But, you know, I think as time goes on and, you know, they're going to see all of these other societies grow, they're going to, you know, and like the communists, you know, to keep it real, they're getting old as fuck, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I feel, I'm pretty sure you guys felt it too. There's a little bit of a change, you know, just, I mean, we've been Definitely. there one time, you know, yeah. but, you know, just with like them having their Wi-Fi and stuff, mm, yeah. you know, and just like the the, the particulars, the uh, Airbnbs and shit like that too. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's just, they're behind, but then they close the gap so much just because of how colorful and artful the people are. Yeah. You know? So I actually had a conversation with our driver uh, when we went to Veradero and we had a driver. He lived right across. Mm, hey, he lived right across. He lived right across from where we were staying and on the ride back, I was just having casual conversation with him and uh, they love the, the way that they live. They're happy with, they're yeah, content with everything yeah. that they have but they also want 
our technology. Yeah. And, and what they want it for, I'm pretty sure it's it's because they want act. They're all smart people. Yeah. They're all super smart. Yeah. literacy rate out there is, is 99.7. Yeah, it's big. So when we're having this conversation with this with this driver, uh, he was telling us that they know the time is coming mm-hmm. where they're going to get their hands on all this tech. Yeah. Um, but they're already think, thinking and planning of ways to uh, um, make sure that it doesn't affect their their society. Yeah. Um, like the Cuban. Yeah, because they, they love it. But could they control that, though? Because when you go to the... Excuse me. When you go to those Wi-Fi parks, like one thing that you yeah. said you loved about Cuba, and I like it too, there is no attachment to your phone, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you talk to people, you get around, but the one place you don't see that is the Wi-Fi parks, yeah. and that's where everybody it's is glued to their yeah, phone yeah, and yeah. it's crowded. Yeah. So that's like a microcosm, like that could happen. Yeah, yeah. he he went over there too. He talked about it. Uh, but I feel like at those uh, Wi-Fi parks, were those all tourists there? I seen hella like white people I think it's there. A little both. It's yeah. a little yeah. mix, yeah. but it was like yeah. I was no, there too on my tourists. phone though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talking FaceTime in there. Definitely. Yeah. A lot of tourists it was there. just like it's a lot of tourists there. It's not all Cubans at the Wi-Fi. True, park. that's true. Yeah, he was saying the guy was saying that the driver. He told me that he knows, or they know, that it's going to change a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Also, how politically it might charge them. Because they're politically charged people. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, he, he said that he already knows that it's going to affect some of their politics. Uh, but he's the only thing that they could do um, yeah. is just to do their best that they can to prepare for it. That's it. Yeah. Damn. And that's true. Because once the technology just... Because once technology hits, it spreads yeah. quick. And like, you know, that's what happened with... Um, and that's the weird thing about Cuba, too, because, like, like you said, they're politically charged, right? And then a lot of times, like, there are people that are silenced out there, right? Yeah. And it's just, like, the uh, the guy running for, like, assembly member or something like that in Kenya, mm-hmm. he literally starts rapping. Yeah. And, you know what I'm saying, on mm-hmm. YouTube and spreading his political message there. And he runs for, like, to be part of the parliament or whatever. Yeah. And they literally have to put him in jail to try to shut him up. Oh, so it's, like... The technology is going to change the political message and give more access, but again, it's like it's going to be some push and pull to that as well, you know, and that's pretty scary. Yeah, and then you're going to start hearing a lot of Cuban people's voices come oh, out definitely because you are. a lot of them, like you said, they're they're probably they're shut hushed. down yeah. Yeah, by, by the government quick. Mm-hmm. But when the technology gets out there, and then it's up to because uh, um, uh, Fidel's brother, what's his name? Raul. Raul. Oh, Raul yeah. Castro. He ain't did yet. Nah, nah. but he's made a lot of like uh, progressive changes. In oh yeah, no, nah, I ain't mad at him. I just, yeah. he old as hell. Yeah, yeah he is. But that, so there's a new guy that's in line. Uh, he's young, yeah. uh, and he believes in giving them access to technology. So we'll see how that turns out. But you, we are gonna start hearing a lot of Cuban voices come out. Okay. Yeah, because American people have no idea what Cuba's like. Yeah. You know, when no you went out idea. There, like, when you went out, I thought did they you were not haters. Think, yeah, I thought they were haters. You thought it was American. dangerous. Right? Yeah, but yeah. it's like, hey, I'm, but they love us, man. They were wearing American flags everywhere. They were walking around at three a.m., four a.m. I think, safe. I think yeah, what right. surprised me the most about Cuba and a lot of my pictures focused on this is like. They are black, like yeah. not black, but like black, black, like yeah. you know what I'm saying. And uh-huh. that com- that it not only kind of like confused me because it made me think, like, damn, what? How is my mind formulating these images? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Right. And the fact that they look just like me, you uh-huh. feel me? It kind of surprised me a lot. So I think for the technology to come out and for people to like see, like, yo, this is low key like the land of like black people, black yeah. skin yeah. people. And it used to be good. a really thriving. 
uh, Havana specifically used to be, oh, bro. Used to be thriving. It used to be Vegas before Vegas. Yeah, yeah. but that's what I was talking to, to you about on the plane. I had researched, uh, what's that thing on Netflix, man? Havana. Cuba Libre. Yeah, yeah, Cuba Libre. And they were talking about Netflix, how right. Cuba was like the main spot for, um, what was they known for? It wasn't just a rum. Uh, sugar, sugar or cane, something, sugar, sugar cane, cane, I think. Sugar. Yeah. And like, they literally have more, you know, economic power in Cuba than they did in the colonies. Yeah. You know, yeah. so yep. imagine like them being more bigger and powerful than the United States, like the mm-hmm. pre-United States per se. Yeah. And it's like to see it now is like, damn, you start to think like, how did that happen? Like, you know, I mean, we know how it happened, yeah. but and that was one of the first places that seen part of, like the historical context on this side of the world of slave trade and all that mm-hmm. coming directly in through Cuba, Bahamas. You know. I wanted to ask you something about that too because uh, it was it was interesting to me, but like my initial reaction to it because you know I, I already knew about Cuba. I knew like you know there's tons of black people out there. Do I you had think, no idea. Do you I think that? They're Cuban first before you know their you know ethnicity or, or or black because out here in the United States I feel like we're so like you know like so divided yeah. between you know just the different type of cultures that you know because it's pretty much like a melting pot over there yeah. like for me like I got like that like I'm Cuban before I'm anything else you know like mm-hmm. did you get that initial reaction or um it was split yeah and um. I think it was split because of the it's a real colorism thing there too, right? Yeah, like it's yeah, one yeah. thing to like be Cuban, but like for us as Black Americans to be like we didn't even know it was Black people out here, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And speaking fluent Spanish and stuff like that. But I think the reason why I say it was split because social status and like race or colorism, I would say is like super connected so for instance yeah. mm-hmm. i had a story that was told to me by uh, this guy who lived in cuba and it said um the the girl brought home the girl was talking to her auntie or something like that her grandma and she said hey i, I met this guy or whatever you know he's from you know this place or whatever this part of like havana and then the, the the grandma said, "Oh God, like why why would you date a black man, right?" Mm-hmm. And then the grandma, then the, the girl was like, "Oh well, um, he has a car." Mm-hmm. And then she was like, "Oh, oh, so you dating a white guy?" And she was like, "No, like he, he's black." You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it was something about being a doctor and having a car that made him white. Right. But then it was right. him being from yeah. this certain area that made him black. And it was like, so that's the way I think a lot of times people kind of look at it as like an economic thing. And mm-hmm. then to the second point, the reason why I say it was split, because when we had met uh, this one dude out there with dreads, we met some girl that was from Spain. You remember yeah. the roller derby mm-hmm. chick? Her dad was Cuban. Yeah, her dad from was Cuban. Cuban. So she went out there to meet her dad because she never met her dad. Oh, and she went with this guy or whatever who was like, went to Spain to get his PhD or whatever. But he was for... Um, for imagery purpose, he was like dark as me, like super dark skin. And from his perspective of living in Cuba, he was saying, when you see people who are like in a service industry or like, you know, basically like super poor, they're always going to be like dark skin. Yeah. And when you see people who be like, oh yeah, I like it out here, like it's chill, they're not going to be dark skin. They're going to be of a lighter complexion. Wow. So that made me think like, well, maybe they do realize in some sense I'm black before I'm Cuban. Right. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. His perspective, he was saying, like, we all Cuban, but his perspective was not everybody understands or gets that because they'll treat 
this person who, you know, for instance, uh, the cave people, there was like um, this little cave club and there was like these little dancers or whatever, right? But I hated it. It was probably like my worst experience in Cuba at the cave club just because of how uncomfortable I felt of how it looked, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, those are the, the poor, you know what I'm saying? And they were all dark skinned. But then when I'm at the Airbnb with, uh, I forgot his name, um, he's, you know, of lighter complexion, but to him, life is straight, life is good. Oh, yeah. And it's like, to Victor? me, huh? Victor? Victor, yeah. Oh, and it's like, it Vlad. Vlad, it was Vlad, because for some reason, I don't know, you may know about it more, it's some weird Russian connection yeah. with Cuba, uh -huh. so a lot of them have Russian names, you feel yeah, me, but he's yeah. Cuban, and um, I thought it was super interesting how like well his life was structured versus the other people who were the entertainers, right? right. And then the main thing I thought was, well, shit, is this communism? Because if we all get the food, we all get a place to stay. How does it look like this? And the only difference is between color. Yeah. Right. I don't know how to answer that. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a hard question to answer too. I don't even think it has an answer. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like it's just an observation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it goes deep into the history of Cuba, of just like it did in America. Yeah. At, at some point, it's become so integrated into the society that you don't even notice. But I mean, for somebody that's as woke as, as you sound, it. it it stands out, yeah. right? Uh, but but, I, okay. I was saying, but I thought, even though I didn't know that black people lived in Cuba, right. I thought Cuba would be the mecca of like, yo, this might be the first post-racial society. Right, but then when you right. get there and you get asked a question between your nationality right. and your ethnicity, are you Cuban or black? You know, which one comes first? It, like... To answer your question, it really depends on your economic status. Yeah, if yeah. you poor, like I'm black first. Right. But if you got it like that, like Vladimir had it, you know, he Cuban first. Yeah. So it's a you know, it's a nuanced yeah, you know, place. The economics out there is super weird too, and they really have me tripped out because the Airbnb that we stayed at, um, he was a doctor. His wife was a doctor too, mm. and he was breaking down like how much he makes as a doctor. I think it was like the equivalent to like eighty bucks a month, like U.S. dollars a month. And was he know? light skinned or was he dark skinned? He was he was light skinned. He, mm -hmm. he was light skinned. Um, his his uh, his wife was like uh, like a, like a whiter Cuban. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was it was just tripping me out too, and just to know like when you talk to like the taxi drivers out there, you know, like their background, like you know they have like this this suit, like they went to school for so long for whatever to be a doctor, but they're like, well, shit, you know. I, I drive this taxi because this is what pays, you know. Like this is, oh, this is how you know what I'm talking about. So you can make like, you can make more money exactly, as a taxi driver. Man. And it's just like, damn, that's that's the trip, you know. So like when I went out, it was hella funny because we for sure got bamboozled the first day we yeah, went we out did. there. Oh really? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, yeah, it was, was about a taxi dude. No, nah, it was so you know like it was my first day out there, mm -hmm. you know. So I'm just like, damn, hella invested in Cuba. Like I'm here, we out here, baby. Yeah, Let's talk to you. People coming up to me, I'm like, hey, for those who know birdie when he gets excited it's like tunnel vision too yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. You know. yeah so so this so this cuban dude approached me right and he started talking you know start talking to me whatever and then um he was just like yeah you know the cigar festival we're gonna have a cigar uh, yeah 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 right so i'm like, i know where this is going exactly yeah. right so uh he um 
Fifty percent off. Yeah, so Only I was just today. like, you know what? Let's follow him. <laughs> he's a today. good dude. You know? like, yeah. yeah, we having a good conversation. He's a good dude. So you know, we walking and he takes us into this building, and uh, we. Sh- I mean, it already it had it raised all the red flags already because uh. it was like super in the cut. I could see he was kind of like looking over his shoulder, and uh, we ended up like in this like little shack. And as soon as he entered the shack, there was just hella cigar boxes, hell of them, right? So I'm like, ooh, I feel like we hit the jackpot. Yeah, we gonna yeah, get the yeah, plug yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah. right? So uh, it's actually that box right there. Uh, yeah man so um he was just like yeah you know i mean um uh, you can go to the cigar factory but you know these are the prices right here that you know you're not gonna find these prices again they told us the cigar factory was closed yeah oh that's what they did and they were like you know and and what they do is that you know like the cigar factory they they look out for the people so they let us take boxes home and we could sell to the tourists right so me i'm like you know let me help my people out you know i'm just like Mm -hmm. what was crazy is that bona had her camera out and when we went inside the house to where they had these and, and uh, she was basically like, taking pictures, and they're like, "No, no, don't." Yeah, that's another right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't take no pictures of this. Yeah. Nah, nah. So, so we ended up buying a box. What was it? We split it. It was how much was it? I think they it sold was... it to us for like uh, one forty. Like, yeah, like one forty. They tried bro. to get us the same. Yep. Yeah, bro. So we were like, let's let's just split it. That ain't bad or whatever, you know. So you know, we we go out thinking that we got the ultimate plug or whatever. Right? We, we walk like, out and it's, it's but. After we got the cigars, it kind of clicked because he had told me, he was like, Hey, I'm from across the way where you're staying. I seen you walking out. Yeah. But then, after a little after we had bought the cigars, he then asked me, Am I staying at a hotel or am I staying oh. at a house? That's when it, it kind of yeah. clicked. I'm like, Yeah, so, so we're walking, you know, yeah. and it's just super vibrant, super live. You know, everybody's chilling yeah. on the porch. And then yeah. another Cuban dude, like, flags us down, like, Hey, like, you got them cigars? Like, like I got the same cigars. And we were like, No, nah, we're good. We already got it, whatever. He yeah, was how like, much? How much you pay? And we were like, you know, one, What was it, 180 or whatever? He would, And then he looked at us and just dropped his head. And we were like, No. He was like, like, I could have sold it to you for like 60. Or yeah, something. he was like, He had this, he showed us the same box the same everything he was just like this is sixty dollars right here and we're yeah. like ah oh, we just got god man. yeah and, then, and it's crazy because they stand in front of the factory and tell you oh, it's closed yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and it's not even closed just walk but, right past but that's the thing about <laughs> cubans man they are hustlers yeah, they are. like bro tell the story about um meaty oh. <laughs> man the one we had to run on the from? street yeah and he oh, followed yeah. us in the restaurant yeah. bro so we we're, were just walking looking for somewhere to eat it was like for dinner and then so we meet this guy on the street he's like oh i got the spot right here for you but i guess it's like his his family's place or his friend's place or something so we following him for like a good thirty minutes. We're like, all right, we about to leave. Like, where are you Bruh, taking it's us? It's raining on us and everything, yo. So we finally get to the restaurant. Uh, we eat and everything. Everything's good. Oh, but Brush sat there with us. Yeah, though. he sat <laughs> yeah. at our table. Not even like, ordering food. Order he just nothing. sat there. Yep. Just sat. So we got our yeah. bill, and then we we add up the prices from the main. Like, why is it like an extra thirty on here? Yeah. And then he was just like, immediate. I guess that was his cut. We're like, so we're paying for him to show us the place, and we're like. We didn't. We're not paying for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, so he take it off, off the check, and then we just give him the money for our food, yeah. and then we walk out, and Meaty's like chasing us, and they Bruh. start breaking. They just take off. Him and my girl start running. That's hella funny. <laughs> but you know what? They 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 do that. They try to do small services for yeah. you, and then, and and then, then basically you gotta pay for it. Too. Yeah, yeah. You be thinking in your head like, man, they are so nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the nicest they are place so ever. nice, yo. Yeah. And they be hustlers, yeah. man. I try not to take too much offense to it. They see us, they see yeah, Americans, yeah. they see dollar yeah, signs, yeah. you know, like we're the ultimate dream, you yeah. know, like we're living it, yeah. you know, so it's just like, when I go over there, you know, I just kind of just like, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. And just like, we don't know them, 
they don't know us, so it's like they don't know. Like, hey, bro, I'm broke as fuck too. Yeah, you know, I barely got here. Yeah, like, you know and it's funny too because you know when that happened to us, I was just like, well, I mean, essentially that's why we're here because we filled out that paper and we checked uh, in support of the Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. What was was also crazy though is when you go out there, you gotta have cash, like a certain oh, amount of cash. Oh right? my god, so budget yeah, right? So okay. if you run out of money, then you know. Let problem. me tell you, <laughs> yeah, I was about to you say that, bro. It's our last day, yo. I purposely, I love buying art, so I bought a lot of, one thing is, like you said, Cubans, Cuba might have some of the world's greatest underrepresented or, you know, less known artists, bro, like, their artists, their artistry is, like, off the chart, bro, is how they look at colors and everything like that, so I went to go buy art, and we're coming back, and, like, mind you, I spent my last on the art, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I've only calculated enough dollars to get to the airport that's it yeah. that's it yeah. bro we run into this dude who is like was he nigerian or yeah. something he was like like straight from nigeria he walks up and was like hey what's up man like what y'all doing i'm like man we about to go back to the house he was like oh cool he was like man y'all seem like some cool dudes man can i like kick it with y'all and we were just like yeah we literally not about to do nothing we about to literally go to the house and then go to the airplane and he was like oh man well I'm not even gonna lie to you, bro. Like, I don't got no money left. I'm out here for like two more days. I don't even got enough money to get to the airport. Like, do you got anything Fuck. for me? And I was just like, I I want to so bad, yeah. but I literally have only enough to get to the airport. Mm-hmm. And then I was drinking this water and it was so warm, bro. And he was like, bro, can I at least have your water bottle? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, God damn. I was like, this guy is struggling. I was like, huh, bro, take this water, bro. Have a good one. Just dipped off. I was That's like, yo. Funny, he just I, ran, I he ran out of money. Yeah. He had no money left, yeah. bro. Crazy part, because I got stretched to the last dollar, too. Mm-hmm. I only had enough to, because I had put some money aside to go to the factory and buy cigars to bring oh. them back. So I, I, I felt like I had just enough. Um, and so our, our drivers didn't end up coming through something ended up happening to him or, or his family mm-hmm. member or something mm-hmm. so that's our, what I already budgeted for so we had to get a cab to get to the mm-hmm. airport and I had about 35 left right man it's and tough it, 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 so some lady was show, was trying to get his help to get to the airport and I'm thinking fuck she's gonna ask for a tip too mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, the ride ended up being $30 back to the airport and I have five dollars left for tip. It worked out perfect. But after uh, that, I couldn't buy no water at the airport. Oh. I was man, it was, yeah, it was bad. Was I was struggling. struggling. Man. Yeah, man, that was so funny, man. Good times though. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, what, what happened? To you? Explain what happened to you. Oh at the man, yeah. Airbnb. So yeah, so we're checking out of the Airbnb, and then uh, y'all stay at multiple. Or y'all stayed at the same. We one? we stayed at the same one. Yeah, yeah, it's actually funny Uh-oh. too. So I'll start off with this one. So when we first got there, right? So. You know, we, we went to dinner and we talked about Cuba, whatever, you know, well, I we're going to mm-hmm. go, you know, so we booked our reservations. He booked his Airbnb first and then he sent me like a, a like a, a map display of like the just the general just area the general to where area. he was staying. He was yeah. just like, just find somewhere close. We'll figure it out when we get there. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like we we've uh, on the same flight there. You know, we go our separate ways, you know, with our drivers or whatever. We get to our Airbnb and the first thing I want to do is I want to go explore, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck it, let's do it, you know, and um. So, so we're walking, 
pretty much just get lost for a little bit. We find our way back, and then I was just like, okay, now we're back. We got to find where Rico and Melissa are staying at, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just like thinking, like, damn, our phones don't work. It's gonna be, it's gonna be yeah, tough. Yeah, there's right? no, there's yeah. you can't use GPS you out there. You can't do nothing, right? Yeah. So, I, so I'm walking back. I'm like, all right, this is our block right here. This is our block. So I'm walking. There's hella people out, and then I see this dude standing outside of the porch. I'm like, oh shit, there goes Rico right there, right? Mm-hmm. And I failed to realize that the Airbnb that I booked was right next door to where it's he was. Right next it door. was just what? a perfect coincidence. I was just like, bro, like how like perfect did that yeah, work out? You know? like, and it was funny because like the way that we had to communicate with each other was just like some old school like like holla, bird. Like hollering at, at a girl, you know, throwing yeah. rocks at the window. We were just throwing rocks and shit out the window. <laughs> that makes it so much fun, bro. Yeah, it does. Really yeah, it yeah. does because it's, it's, it's challenging, you know, but yeah. So, uh, when we checked out or whatever, you know, she came, uh, she like checked out the room and uh, she had a refrigerator and then like she had water and soda stored and for everything that we took, we were going to have to pay mm-hmm. at the end, right? And there was only like five water bottles, you know, that ain't enough for, for Cuba, you know, like it was, it was mania out there. I need you know? more. Just, yeah, hot. so it's what we were doing was that every yeah, time we came across like a, a store, uh, you know, we would just stock up mm-hmm. on water. So yep. we would bring that water back, yeah. right? So when uh, when she opened up the refrigerator, she seen all those water bottles and uh, like she was just like, oh shit, I'm about to get paid, you know, because <laughs> each one was like a, a dollar, oh. right? And then like, it was crazy because she didn't speak no English at all, you know, and Damn. my Spanish is super harsh, you know, I could yeah. just do some, some broken Spanish, you know, to try to get by, but it was just, it was tough. I didn't know how to say, no, we brought this water back. So she was thinking that we were, you know, trying to swindle her or whatever, you know, oh. like we didn't want to give up the money yeah. and I had no more cash. I had nothing. Damn. So I was just like, hold on right there. <laughs> Bro, I literally had a sprint from my Airbnb because because the driver was waiting for us. I oh, had a sprint yeah, to my ball. Airbnb to where uh, you know where um, Alf, uh, uh, what was it? What Floridita. Uh, Flor- Floridita. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There was a restaurant right behind that. That's where him and his girl was. So it was probably like like a three mile like sprint from my Airbnb Sheesh. just to get over there so I could yeah. tell him I'm like, hey, bro, I need to borrow twenty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like it was a hundred degrees and like hundred percent humidity. It was crazy because yeah. like they were literally waiting. For me right there we were late for our flight and i was just like man like this is the only thing that i have yes. to do you know, it yeah was amazing, well because we were at floridita and we were just drinking right and that before he left we were just we had been drinking for at least like an hour or two yeah so cheap, man. He, he leaves and we're like damn i wish it would have stayed longer yeah and he, he come back running in like, sweat yeah bro, I'm, sweat. Drinking, I'm thinking like oh you here to stay <laughs> he's like no nah, i need 20 <laughs> i need this bro he's like hey man yeah, i'll try to I'll pay you. you back once we get back to the states man. <laughs> there's, there's nothing like seeing like one of your best friends like run into the bar hella sweaty like i need 20 bro yeah, he's just like i ain't even gonna ask your ass yeah here go to he 20. was sweating i mean because it was hot i, I can't even so describe how hot it is out there in the summertime but then you know it was weird because like when i when we got back and me and my girl felt the same way too it was weird, you know. It was weird just to be back in like reality, you know, yeah, just to see yeah. all these people just like super just to themselves, you know, on their yeah. phone bro. or whatever, like no compassion, no nothing, you nothing, know? bro. Just like, so yeah. that kind of changed me in a sense. Also, too, the one thing I did take back when I went to Cuba, and I remember we were talking about this on the plane, was that like before that I was never really into like politics like that but I just mm-hmm. realized like the people out there they don't have a voice but then yeah. they would always you know every person that we talked to had their own opinions about you know just and they the love Obama yeah exactly <laughs> for real like yeah. the we did meet one that loved Trump too 
Oh, yeah, right. it, it was one yeah. of them. Yeah, and um, it was it was just weird because I was like, when I came back over there, I was just like, you know, I need to start being more a little bit more invested in that, you know, yeah. because I do have these rights, you know, to you know to vote or you know mm-hmm. just to know what's mm-hmm. going on in the community, Especially you know, locally. yeah, exactly, you know. And I remember that you were telling me that, you know, so yeah, yeah it was uh, eerie when I got back because when I landed, uh, right when I landed, you know, I got onto my mm-hmm. phone. It was the first time I had reception in a mm-hmm. long time. Man. These notifications started coming through, and what had just happened is that. Uh, the car with the white supremacists drove through that crowd. Oh, that did happen. Yeah. yeah that, that's that right when I landed, that, that news just started pouring yeah. into my phone. I'm like, fuck, I'm back in America. And that's the weird, <laughs> and that's the weird thing about it is like, <clears throat> it almost seems privileged to be in this, like be in another country and like you don't have to worry about like politics, right? But at the same time, no, like they have serious politics yeah. going on too. Yeah. But it's almost like you kind of sometimes you kind of think like, damn, is this like like torture porn? Like like why come back to America? You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. kind of how I be feeling sometimes because mm-hmm. you come back. And one thing I felt, you feel me, is like the lack of personality. Like I was just yeah. telling him, like yep. being in Daly City, like I love the way Daly City looks because all these different colors and these buildings are stacked upon each other. Yeah. But you know when you go back to like you know Sacramento or something like that, you start to see like homes that look exactly the same you know those little gated communities and it's like yo this is sick like you know like the people we all dress the same it's like Mm. there's no personality here bro it's It's robotic it is yeah yeah, because we're tuned into whatever you know the media that we're feeding Mm -hmm. yeah we're getting fed yeah it's, it's almost like it lost when I got back it lost color like I don't know if you ever seen yeah, that movie, that's how uh, I felt. Pleasantville is that what it's called? Yeah, uh, where every, it's like they, they go into a movie that black and white. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's how it kind of felt like yeah. when, like it lost color just coming back. And then, man, what's life without color? Shit. Yeah, exactly. Real, but, man. Yeah. But yeah, it was Cuba uh, had tons of color. It mm-hmm. did. Tons Bro, the man. most beautiful. We went to, and this is why I love Juice so much, bro. Like he's such a like a like I'm the type of person like. If I got my one of my friends with me, like I'm trying to take care of you. You yeah, feel yeah, me? Yeah. Like I'm trying to make sure you're good, yeah, yeah. no matter what. And if sure. you're not good, it ain't my fault. You know what <laughs> I mean? That's the most yeah. important thing. <laughs> and then we were like trying to catch the bus to uh, Trinidad or whatever, right? Which is like six hour bus drive um, further down in Cuba or whatever. Mm-hmm. And whoever goes to Cuba, I kid you not, you do not leave until you go to Trinidad. Cuba because yeah. the city when you talk about like Havana is super like hustler hustler yeah, uh-huh. everybody's busy everybody's you know trying to do something and it's, it's super like it's always moving right yeah in Trinidad you got that moment to yourself it's super quiet and it's filled with color that's yeah. one thing that I do remember about Trinidad yo yeah. and like the bus was hella late so like we finally get on the yeah. bus like the bus was like four hours late yeah. yo so like it's a such thing as <laughs> they went even trip, yeah. Yeah. they oh, like whatever now. yeah like come yeah. on so yeah. we finally get there yo and I kid you not this is why I rock with them again I didn't have nowhere to stay when we went to Trinidad I was like yo I bought an Airbnb for one day so if we want to stay we just extend it yeah. and if not we just go back home Bro, I think we extended our stay in Trinidad like three days. Like the oh. next day, we were like, 
let's just stay another day. Yeah. The next day, let's just stay another day. Because the city was so small and colorful, bro. Like, yeah. it was literally like walking through, like, it's almost like you felt like you were walking through, like, yeah. some type of video game or whatever. Yeah. Super beautiful. That's what I was talking to him about. I was just like, when we go back to Cuba, we got to do a coast-to-coast trip, you know, yeah. just so we can mm-hmm. see the whole landscape of that. Yeah. And, like, that's one of, like, the big things, too, that was, like, a deciding factor in, like, the revolution was just, like, the United States, they seen Havana. They see, because Havana was super prosperous, bro. Mm-hmm. Those those mafia figures that were over there, they were running that shit, and they were getting bread, you know? And, and they opened and, a casino, right? Oh, tons of casinos, yeah, bro. Yeah, Cuba back in back in the in the fifties or like, you know the early fifties and the in the late forties was yeah the Las Vegas of the Caribbean mm-hmm. and it's just that like uh, the the dictator then Batista he was in the pockets of of, of the mobsters you know mm-hmm. so the mobsters you know were making all these moves just so he let you know he let that happen whatever mm-hmm. so when the United States they see Cuba they just see Havana they just see how prosperous uh, prosperous it was they didn't see the whole out the the, the landscape of everywhere else like. Uh, um, uh, Trinidad, uh, Santiago de Cuba, you know, yeah. Fuegos, you know, like all of those areas mm, were super Fuegos. poor. They didn't even have roads to get to Havana, you know. So yeah. I mean, the so the the, the revolution, the, the guerrillas and stuff, you know, that that was their upper hand. They, they're, they're like, we're gonna lock down all these peasant towns, you know, and we're gonna gather them up, and then we're gonna hit Havana, yeah. you know, we're gonna let them know, you know. So I mean, that pretty much was a deciding factor, and like that was the one because I, I wasn't there for very long, you know. I had a, mm. I had a. I had to finesse my way just to get the time off from work, you know. Man. I for real. It was it was, it was biggest for me, you know. So I feel that I didn't really get that that experience that I wanted yeah. to just because I didn't see those other places. But next time I go, definitely, definitely. No, yeah, that. yeah. One of the I hear people that go to Cuba. I always hear that Trinidad is probably their favorite. Trin- bro, oh, yeah. Trinidad That's is the favorite. favorite. We did the most, bro. Like the funniest thing, bro. We went. I like like I said, I like hiking and like. If you tell me a waterfall is at the end of a hike, yeah. I'll go. Yeah. And Topes de Colantes, I think that's the name of it. It's like this huge like forest. Man, it was the most beautiful hike, bro. And just the taxi drive there from Trinidad was super beautiful, bro. Yeah, and let me tell you, bro, we are literally sweating. Like, I, yeah. I've swam as much as I can swim, bro. Yeah. I caught a cramp, damn near drowned. Yeah. These two girls saved me, bro. And it's funny, because we, we hopped off this cliff into the water, and then I was telling him, like, hey, bro, let's swim towards the waterfall. And he was like, bro, that's hella far. I was like, no, it's not. Because in my mind, I'm like, if I can see it, I can get to it, you know? Hella ambitious. Yeah. I get so I was swimming, bro, and I literally like, and I'm like an arm reach of like the part to pull yourself up and be underneath the waterfall on the other side. And I just caught a cramp and I was just like, yo, I'm about to die right here. <laughs> like I'm about to die in Cuba, yo. And I literally like, like doggy paddle and these two girls was like, oh, we got you. Yeah. And like pulled me up and I'm like sitting there like a sucker, like, yeah, ah, yeah. thank you so much. But um, one of the dope things is like, the um with Cuba, bro, like Trinidad. I don't know. It was just beautiful, bro. It really was the best time out there. And we're walking back, and I kid you not, this is like out of a Grand Theft Auto cheat code, bro. <laughs> I've never seen this dude sweat, and bro was sweating, <laughs> yeah. bro. Yeah. And I was sweating. You feel me? And like his girl is like used to do track. Even she was like, bro, I'm tired, bro. Yeah. Kid you not, it's three of us. We all got locks, bro. So people always think we Rastafarians and stuff. <laughs> we finally get like at some part and then we see three horses. 
I'm thinking I'm tripping. It's just three horses. <laughs> walking past, bro. I'm thinking I'm tripping. I'm like, he like, bro, is those horses? I'm like, nah, it couldn't be, bro. Like, that's how hot it was. It was yeah. so hot, and we sweat so much. Mirage, yeah, yeah, I thought we seen a mirage. And then next thing you know, like, you know, I think his girl's damn near about to try to, like, hop on a horse. And then all you hear is this dude, like, hey, what's the money out there? Pesos? No, no, no. See, uh, see, cook. Yeah, he was like, he was like, he was like five cook. Yeah. Five, he was like five cook. You can ride the horse all the way back to where your car oh, is wow. at, <laughs> bro. Yeah, yeah, no, three, three hour hike, down, bro. Three hours back. Damn, that's what's up, man. That's yeah, what's bro. Up. Yeah. yeah, and then just keep in mind we were out in Cuba around the same time, which was August. Was it August? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know if you let know, we met on a plane. Yeah, on the way on back. Back. Yeah, and. I mean, I don't know how many times I could go into describing how hot it was out there, but it was, <laughs> it was hot, hot, bro. Yeah, it was hot. Even hot. when we went, uh, when we went to Valadero, it was just oh like we hit, so we hit beautiful. the beach, yeah, and beautiful. the first thing we wanted to do was just run into the ocean, yeah. bro. But like, it wasn't even like quenching because it was hella hot. It was like yeah. bath water, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, bro. Water warm. Yeah, and water I, I, I never really get sunburned, and I got sunburned yeah, out there, bro. Yeah. But that water in Veradero is something But else. to get mm-hmm. to the cold water, you got to swim in the caves in Cuba. Yeah. That's how you get to the... That's how you get to the cold water, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, that beach was hot. Um, but just to describe Veradero a little, it's crazy because it's a ton of clear water for miles and miles. You'll never see a more beautiful beach. Yeah, yeah and there's, it's yeah, weird because there's like no fish. There's yeah, no ice, just sand and clear mm. water for miles and miles. And, and you're right. You can keep walking You can keep out. walking. You'll yeah. never go like past your neck. Yeah. yeah. Just keep walking. We, we went out super deep, yeah, though. We, we were risky Y'all was deep? Yeah, like we Risk realized how far we were. We were like, damn, bro, this is the Caribbean. They yeah. got hella sharks out here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For real, yeah. yeah so we had to work our way back. But um, it was nice, yeah, man. Yeah, it was that cool, was, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cuba definitely has some of the best beaches I've been to. Like, Yeah. One of the conquistadores explains it or describes it as uh, one of the most beautiful places he's ever seen. Mm. Uh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I get that. Uh, well, I don't remember exactly where he landed. Uh, yeah. and, that, and that cool. water was like, that water was blue where you thought like God came down with the photoshop. <laughs> Man, it's crazy, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. You can put that, you can pour up, you can scoop up a cup full <laughs> and pour it out of like clear mm. yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. That's hella real. Yeah, that water was it was warm though. Yeah, it was salty too. Like you, you oh, yeah, underneath, your eyes are burning. Hell, yeah. burnt, bro. Yeah. So what's up with you these days, bro? What, what you got going on, man? Man, these days, tch, politics, man. Yeah, politics, politics, yeah. bro. It's uh, I think. Honestly, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, bro. Because I oh, remember when yeah. you were gaming me up, you were like, "Damn, man, I need to get my shit together." Bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's especially a, in today's climate too, man. It's yeah. So it's exactly. so important. Exactly. Yeah. And then the most the most important thing I can even say is like get involved in like local elections. You know, like for me, bro, it's funny because I was my friend just talked to me about. Um, Proposition 8 or whatever, right? So, like, when I was uh, talking to you, I actually worked for the uh, cap. I worked as a staffer in the Capitol, right? Uh-huh. Now I work for the Hospital Association. So, I'm able to get the more, um, get more healthcare experience in that, yeah. per se. And I was talking to my friend just yesterday. He was like, hey, what do you think about, like, Proposition 8? And it's funny because I had a grandma who was, like, on dialysis, right. you know, for most of my life, at least. You feel me? 
So I understood how dialysis work. I understood like the burden behind it. And then from the hospital perspective, I understand how it looks from a provider side, right? And it's like, damn, like it puts you in a real nuanced position. And then we're like breaking it down and talking back and forth about the pros and the cons of, you know, the proposition. And I'll explain that in a minute. And I was thinking to myself, like, if I barely know and understand and how to analyze and break down the pros and cons, how could you expect a random, you know, Uncle Joe down the street mm-hmm. to read the proposition summary and be like, yeah, I'm going to vote yes yeah. or no on this? Like, I really don't think there's anything that I don't think an educated voter exists. You can only be an expert or you're not an expert. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you can yeah. ever truly educate yourself to vote correctly on each and every single one and work a nine to five and take care of kids. And you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. life is just it's too much. So when you say like, damn, I need to be on it. It's like, honestly, I need to be on it, too, because I work in politics and yeah. there's still so much that I don't know. Again, yeah. I seem like I'm knowledgeable because I work like in the healthcare field, you feel me? Or at the time I worked in certain issue areas that people cared about, like criminal, like public safety uh, or like criminal justice, um, business and professions, you know what I'm saying? Um, But if you ask me some shit about, you know, outside of that, I'm super confused on it because I'm like, hold on, what about water? What was the water act that just passed? You know, like, There's too much to know. So it almost sounds like to me like there's a flaw in the system then, you know, because it's I mean... Perp- it's not a flaw if they it, want it to be. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> these, yeah. these political parties count on that too. They Definitely. count on, on most people not being fully aware of what's going on. So they kind of uh, poke at, at, especially this most recent election, it was fear on the fear of people. Oh, yeah. Because fear will get you to vote on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The same thing with... Yeah. Um, 2000 2001 you know yeah. what they go on like fear fear like terrorism yeah. but what's interesting about terrorism is most of the terrorist attacks that was domestic came from like white people yeah, like you know exactly. what i'm saying the yeah. school shootings um, the bomb you know what i'm saying it's just, yeah. i mean uh, yeah i'm not making no assumptions yeah. here but i'm just laying out what i see yeah, yeah. and they count on your biases to come through yeah. and, and, and oh and yeah. Just, yeah so they poke on that they they so, because yeah. we're not ever gonna fully know what's what they're proposing, because mm-hmm. we don't actually know their intentions, and trust is another part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what yeah, do you think? So, like the starting point is like like the base for just like average people like us that don't really are aren't too deep into it. You know, like, like where, where should we start? Man, it's that's a hard thing, bro. Because again, like I said, it's only experts that exist. Yeah. So if I tell you to do your research and go Google, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the only people that's pushing out the information is two people. The people that want to see it pass and the people that wanted yeah. to see it fail. So the best thing I can say is start on both sides. Get an understanding of what both people are saying yeah. and kind of, you know, I mean, in a spiritual sense, pray for discernment to be like, I pray to God I'm voting the right way. Yeah, you know what I'm man. saying? Because, because, I mean, that just goes to your point because I got my ballots right there and it's just been yeah. sitting there. And just, I, I started just from the governors, you know, uh, uh, Gavin Newsom mm-hmm. and with John Cox. And I just, I went down like this, like five hour rabbit yeah. hole just to try to get their message. And, and I'm then like, that's so weird. Yeah. That whole election is weird because, um, the way the voter, the voting elections or whatever had worked out was like, Gavin Newsom and Vera Gosa mm-hmm. both have funded Cox campaign. Ooh. Why? Because they say, hey, if we both... So it's like 
they take it in like tiers. So if 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 Virgosa and Newsom are in the top tier mm-hmm. and they go against each other, that's two Democrats. Yeah, so yeah. it split the vote. Yeah. Versus if it's if we get this Republican to come up second or first and I come up second, then I mean I can just knock him off because there's no way California gonna, yeah, vote, gonna vote for, for a Republican yeah. governor. Uh-huh. So that's a it's it's all a game. Yeah. It's all politics. So you know, Damn, and it's crazy. constantly evolving. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So to what you can do is try to understand both sides. Try to yeah. stay informed as much as possible. Yeah. Ask questions, really. Yeah, because yeah, I think a lot of people that are running in this election uh, for in November um, the state. Mi- yeah. yeah. Um, well, even just countrywide mm-hmm. for every specific state, it seems like they're trying to play the the. Um, I guess more popular card, like who, yeah. who can become the more popular candidate. Yeah. And because social media is such a powerful tool in politics nowadays, we got Oprah it seems thinking to work. about running yeah. now. Like, yeah, yeah. Really? yeah. Um, because um, what's the guy running against Beto's name? Um, fuck, I forget his name. It'll come back to me. Um, yeah, I forgot his name. But he's somebody that's come into the light and has become a really popular uh, um, candidate. Um, through social media mm-hmm. and he's used kind of pulled the same card with Tr- that Trump did mm-hmm. be socially involved mm-hmm. and and get reach out to the people who are not yeah. educated who who are are cuz most of the people on Twitter I mean they probably spend most of their time on Twitter right <laughs> and so they're going to see every tweet that comes through every of the things that they're subscribed to. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So if you're subscribed to it, you're going to see a message that you probably want to see because you're subscribed to the only the things mm. that you want to read. And that's know? the algorithm coming into effect. And yeah. again, it kind of go back to the beginning. How does technology look yeah. when you put it in a, in a country like Cuba? You yeah. know what I'm saying? When you put it in Kenya, because... When that algorithm hit, bro, and if you clicking, you know, Coca-Cola soda, yeah. you're going to see a lot of Coca-Cola soda on your on your feed. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? That's what you click. That's what you watch. That's what I'm going to feed you. Yeah. yeah. So Cambridge Analytica. Yeah. yeah. That shit was a mess. So that And that's scary because, again, you look up one thing, conservative or progressive, that's all you're going to see yeah. now, you know? So the best thing you can do is try to create a well-rounded picture. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so, like, what I started doing, you know, I just, like, I just got to be super cynical about it. And I was just talking <laughs> yeah, to... Yeah, Yeah, like, I was talking to um, uh, another member of the podcast, Posse. Um, she, she, and we were talking about Prop 10. It was just, like, you know, protecting renters and stuff, especially in oh, San yeah. Francisco, to where, man, we're getting, like, bro, this is ridiculous out here. Mm-hmm. And she kind of made a good point to because uh, she was just like, well, I'm a homeowner, you know, and if yep. I ever wanted to rent my house, then, you know, I'm on the... I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum yep. so i mean that's what the, that's what capitalism kind of does you know it, just, it, it makes you want to get the most bang for your buck and mm-hmm. then when she told me that i was just like well shit i can't be mad at you you know because you i mean that's just gonna you know mm-hmm. that's gonna that's gonna pitch you up so yeah. and that's why i think uh, that's what the, the thing is like when people are you know woke or want to get away from capitalism like i'm all for it but i'm all for it if we can all come to the agreement of i'm willing to have less and if you're willing to have less, then yeah, we can talk about that type of change, right? Yeah. That's like I agree with J. Cole, like the change happens from within you. If within you, you can't find joy, you know what I'm saying, into yourself or in your life, you're always going to be seeking it from, from other things. Right. If you accumulate a lot of things to bring yourself, quote unquote, joy or happiness, and now you have somebody that's like, hey, I need to take that away from you, 
yeah. in order for this person to have the same as you you're going to hold on to that it's going to become a you know now equity becomes an adversarial type conversation when it shouldn't be yeah it's hard yeah, yeah. and i think capitalism fails because of specific uh, examples like so i got there's this guy i always get in a healthy argument with and one of his things, <laughs> healthy argument yeah um one of his things that was that uh he was giving jeff bezos props for um I guess putting giving up money for schools to build mm-hmm. more schools, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another friend made a comment, well, like, well, his employees are still treated and paid like shit. Yeah. And I thought about it, and he made a good point because although these kids might have a school to go to, they're still gonna probably go home broken homes. And then statistically, that's it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what school you go to. Yeah. So I think the quality of schools is not what matters. Is the, I mean the the yeah the quantity of schools is not what matters. Mm-hmm. It's the quality of them, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, um, a guy like Jeff Bezos, I feel like, is the example of why poverty exists. Because mm-hmm. that man has $162 billion he's yeah. sitting on. Yeah. I mean, you've got to spend, what, $100,000 a day for 25 years to spend $1 billion? <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, come on, bro. Like, what do you need that type of money for? But, yeah. but this is the Republican response to that shit. I'm not Republican or nothing, but yeah. I talk to some of these motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, do we look at Jeff Bezos as, like, this, like, Jesus like figure to be right. like oh yeah he's supposed to fix America like he's supposed right. to fix all of this like even if bro give up all his money it's still not gonna fix things right? right because we've seen time and time again where you have even nonprofits or let's take Red Cross for example if we want to call yeah. them out yeah, right, right. Um, have money <laughs> yeah. you feel me and then when Puerto Rico goes down or when Haiti goes down yeah. we don't see them running mm-hmm. over there we don't see them nah, running over to New Orleans so even when you have the capital it's like who's making a decision about where what to do with this capital you know I don't think it's like I really like and or you ask me where am I up to now I'm super confused like yeah. you feel me yeah. because you never Same. know where you want to go even with prop 8 right i can i can put it in two different ways you make over 15% profit margin you need to uh take whatever else you have extra and give it back to like the insurance companies or whatever right or you can put it back into uh your base which it would be like the incomes of your workers and stuff like that but on the other end it's like well shit if i pass this Will I close the other? Uh, will I close down the other uh, clinics that aren't as efficient? You know what I'm saying? That doesn't feed into that base per se, or it doesn't make me enough money to where I can put into the base and get more for my profit. Like it can get gamed in a negative way, just like you can game it, and somebody else can like it can have a negative impact, you know, or it can have a positive impact too, right? Where it's like, damn. Now you got workers getting paid more. You know, now you got more staffers there to take care of the people that's in the clinics. I don't know the right answer, you feel me? But again, it's like you still trying to rectify it in a sense, you know? And it's hard. It's super difficult. Yeah, because you could take parts of like what we've seen in Cuba and apply it to some of the things we have here at home. Yeah. You could have the good in between, but who's willing to give up what they have, right? Who's willing to do it, bro? Yeah. And that's the thing. And, And again... I don't know if Jeff Bezos is... I mean, it's like, what do we... Do we do we take the good that he do, you know what I'm saying? Right. Or do we like be like, no, we need you to save the whole world. Right, you know what right, I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's a collective thing. That's why I don't like trying to single people out. 
Right. You know, yeah. it's a collective thing, bro. It's just gonna take everybody. Yeah. Even the middle mm-hmm. class, you feel me? Especially the and I think the real problem is not that they'll make a billion, you feel me? Because again, we live in a consumerism like, yeah. you know, type of spot. Mm-hmm. We all consuming. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You either consuming or you're producing. But I think another thing that makes it hard is like, well, if this dude is uh oh damn, I lost my train of thought. We could we could approach it the way the Chinese have you approached the the uh, the uh, American market capitalism, mm-hmm. uh, and then a lot of people say that they do it in a racist kind of way. The Chinese, yeah, um, mm. because they only buy Chinese, sell to Chinese. Oh, really? Um, they they basically have created a, a flow of income into their yeah. own communities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, Remember you were telling was it was it you that were telling me that like in like two hundred years everybody's gonna integrate the only the only cultures that's gonna be left are the Chinese because they stick together. You know? I, oh, I don't man. know if that was me, but the Chinese definitely they're proud of their people, and yeah, so they definitely. only hire um, they only hire Chinese. They only yeah you know, buy their groceries from mm. Chinese. and they got the little test system too, where it's yeah. like yeah you ain't getting a job unless you pass this test, buddy. Yeah, and like, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know where Chinatown is. Like yeah, everybody you knows, like if you whether whatever local mm-hmm. city that you're in, you can point them to the Chinatown, right? Yeah, uh, and this seems to be one in all major cities, and then mm-hmm. they just kind of. But I also feel like that approach could work itself out in certain communities. But again, there's also uh, how the system has been kind of rigged for us to destroy ourselves in our own communities. No, definitely. Versus, versus how the Chinese have approached it over years, and they've tried to take down the Chinese plenty of times. Yeah, no, they have. Yeah. They're fighting Airbnb right now because people are China, the, the, the like in Chinatown, the American Chinese, mm-hmm. Chinese American, uh, Airbnb is in there. Uh, there's some Airbnbs in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. They're not feeling it. Oh, sheesh. Yeah, yeah they're not feeling Why? it in Chinatown. Uh, I think it's, it goes back to just not having Chinese own that property. Oh, and then, you know, I got you. Kinda, yeah. That type yeah. of stuff. I'm not exactly sure of what, but I'm assuming it's because well, crazy they're proud that, of Chinese. So they the want Chinese, Chinese got their hand in like a lot of stuff outside yeah, of China though. Like yeah. they in Africa, yeah. best believe. Yeah, so they got it. I mean, they're, they got their hand in everything that's going to make them successful. Yeah. So. There's a Chinatown the new superpower, yeah. bro. <laughs> For real. Yeah. But yeah, the Chinese American, the way they've approached uh, capitalist society, they've basically yeah. just looked at it as like, I'm going to help my Chinese man and, that's all I need to keep mm-hmm. doing. Um, yeah, but that's the, that's the, the weird part about capitalism. It really does make you super individualistic. You yeah. know, like you like like you said with the homeowner, like I want to be able to rent this or I want to be able to have this too. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you it's it's just like or like with a Jeff Bezos, whatever. It's like you know I'm trying to keep my money. You know, yeah, yeah. oh, and that's what I was about to say earlier. When my point was like the real problem is for them to be able to game the system and escape you know what i'm saying like paying billions of dollars yeah. worth in taxes or um putting their money off and you just like never you know and then for you to push your agenda too right and turn like this into like a plutocracy where like rich people are making all the decisions it's right, like right. i think that's the part that's more skeptical because you're always going to have somebody who's making a dollar even in cuba a place that yeah. is it still communist? is it still considered yeah, a communist, still yeah. communist okay so them being a communist country you still got somebody that's there that's gonna make a dollar you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. i'm just talking to Bertie about that it was i was reading a article on the plane about how this canadian lady owns a bike shop in havana Mm -hmm. and she 
she's just there to earn her buck. But yeah. she was in the article talking shit about how at first, well, I, I I read it on the way there, and at first I'm like, she was talking about how American culture is eventually gonna take over Havana and ruin it. Mm-hmm. And at first, on my flight there, when I read it, I was agreeing with her. And then on the flight back, I read the same article again, and. I had a whole different view coming from Havana because I was thinking, well, she doesn't give a shit about Cuban people. She's just yeah. there to earn her bucks. So she's exactly. just selfishly saying she yeah. doesn't want American culture to come through. And you see how propaganda yeah. work when yeah. you give an information about something you don't know yeah, about. Exactly. It's easily exactly. to skew you. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, so going there, I had no idea what Havana was like. Just coming from a capitalistic mentality from yeah. here, I agreed with her. And then uh, I'm like, yeah, we're probably going to go there and fuck some shit up. Yeah. Uh, but coming back, uh, yeah, it was after spending time with Cuban people, she didn't give, I knew she didn't give a shit about any yeah. of the Cuban people. She was there to make her buck. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Self-survival, man. Yeah. Shit's yeah. sick. But we are ambitious creatures. Like, just Definitely. naturally. There's some people who are, like, Latino people, like my people. They're, um, they like to, they're not, I, w- I don't want to say they're not ambitious, but their history specifically central america mm-hmm. uh they have seen what happens when uh they lose control of mm-hmm. their government and, yeah. and and their people um like my mom and dad they came from the el salvador war mm-hmm. so they have a super republican mentality mm-hmm. uh, my dad actually voted for trump yeah and and he they were immigrants that's like the cubans in miami most yeah. of them are hardcore conservatives yeah they, yeah and but my mom did it my mom was like i wouldn't go as far as voting for trump but you know your dad did <laughs> <laughs> and uh but the thing is is to them that what they've seen is, yeah. is what happens when when the scales are kind of tipped yeah. and there's chaos right mm-hmm. um yeah and, and when you see that you obviously have your opinion about mm, what yeah. happens when 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 and, right and what does power. that go back to what you said earlier, bro? Fear. Yeah, you know, exactly. Fear is always going to play a role. Yeah, and so the Latino community, uh, at least all the older um, Latinos, they, they definitely, um, they know that the card that they play for them is fear card. And mm-hmm. the younger uh, Latino community is a little more, obviously, a lot of the young yeah. people these days are a little more on the on the left side of the, of the spectrum. But mm-hmm. um, a lot of the OG... Uh, Latino people, they're definitely on the right side of the street. Yeah, yeah I, honestly, it, it sounds like a fairy tale. I'm just being super optimistic, but I think that we need to change like the values that we instill in people. <coughs> oh, that because, you know, it's just true. like coming up, you know, it's just all about consumerism, you know, and mm-hmm. then this, you know, this idea that you have to have this and you have to have that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, me and him were talking talking about you this. always it's want like, more yeah you always want more you know but then when you go to cuba you know like their values are completely different but they're just as happy as we are you know yeah. and they don't have mm-hmm. near like they don't have 90 percent of the shit that mm-hmm. we have you exactly. know so it's just like damn like where do we find a middle ground yeah and but, it doesn't mean that they don't want it but yeah. it, you can tell that they're actually they're pretty content um they're happy but yeah, you, no. they, definitely, they definitely there's ambition in them. So if, yeah, they, yeah. if they did have the resources that, we but did, I also you know. wonder like, is it thrown in their face a lot yeah. of like who has more, you know, yeah. and who has the less, too, you yeah. know, or the least? 
I don't I don't know if it's the same because America, bro. Something about out here, like we are always wanting more. Oh, I mean, yeah. we got fucking buffets for Christ's sake. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's our culture. Yeah. Yeah, whether it's exactly. pop, whether it's hip hop, yeah. whether it's you know a lot of the, the small, medium, our, large, extra large, our movie, yeah, culture, exactly. Yeah. Our movie, our movie and that's culture. the weirdest thing, yo. Yeah. When in Cuba, I've never had an option of what for size. Real. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, you get a drink, just you just get the drink, bro. Yeah. We got yeah. it. satisfied well, with it. That's a point because when uh, when you go a, a certain time of the month mm-hmm. in Cuba to a restaurant, most of the restaurants out of people's homes mm-hmm. is uh, they have to cross stuff off the menu because they don't have the ingredients yeah. for it anymore oh, yeah, because yeah. They, they get a stipend monthly mm-hmm. to yeah. buy all that stuff. So they might hit the tail end of all their yeah, ingredients yo, at the end of it. We had these <laughs> little tostones with like chicken in it yeah, and we were drinking and ordering hell of them and bro was like, Damn, we don't got no more plantains. Yeah. And he was like, hold on, wait. Went outside, yeah. walked around the block, somebody gave him plantains, yeah. and then he came back and like, all right, we can sell y'all this. I was yeah. like, yo. Yeah, because they, they have a fixed yeah. amount to yeah. how much they can get a month. And yeah. I want to kind of like get that myth like destroyed now. Cuban, the Q- country Cuba got good food. You just got to yeah. know where to go. Yeah, exactly. If you know where to go, because I've had, we had some fireplace, bro. Yeah. We had Us like too. A, Us too. We found some, some good spots. In, a, in Veradero, some dude came up to us and he was just shopping. He was the guy that said he's a Trump fan. Mm-hmm. And he was, uh, we were just chilling there drinking beer. And then he, he, we let him know we're going to the beach. He was like, yeah. you know what? When you're done with the beach, uh, I can have dinner, I have dinner set up for you. Yeah, ready. Have everything and it's ready funny for because you. as Americans, we're so like, hold on. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. What you, what you mean, me, bro? Like, you gonna try to take my money? Yeah. This and that. Yep. Nah, it worked out perfectly. Yeah, because he asked, he was like, just five bucks each one. Yeah, yeah. Bro. Right. So yeah. I gave it to him. And we right when we we're, he was right on time. We're coming back from the mm-hmm. beach. He pulls up oh, his bike. Time. Yeah. He's yeah. like, come on, follow me. And we're following yeah, him. It was kind of sketch because you know Cuba kind of looks a little like old and rugged. We followed him into this house and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and once we got, at first we we're like, "Shit, where are we going, bro?" Mm-hmm. And then when we got in, they had dinner set up. Yeah, like, yeah bro. bro I was just <laughs> at Blind Town. Yeah, bro. So our Airbnb dude was like a chef. So he literally went to his old job, bro, and finessed him. Was like, yeah, like gave him some money. Let me get the lobster and stuff. Bro gave us a full course meal with like lobster, chicken, yeah. rice, like yeah, dessert. Like five plates. We'll just bring yeah, it bro. We'll finish it. We'll come bring the next one. Yeah, full course dope, meal man. for fifteen dope, bucks, bro. I was like, and then when I say lobster, I ain't talking about no baby, a big ass lobster. Like I was like, damn, yeah. this is lit out here. Hell yeah. You feel me? But I would say one thing too. Because I'm pretty sure the perception naturally of Cuba, of people in, in the States, mm-hmm. um, is that it's dangerous. But it's, it's the complete not, opposite. It's, it's not. It's not. And it's because my first experience with Cuba is obviously the airport. Mm-hmm. When you get to the airport, it oh, seems yeah, like super serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're trying to intimidate you mm-hmm. going in. And then I go into the bathroom, they didn't have any toilet paper. You need to ask for the oh, toilet yeah. paper. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't bring that, so I want to yeah. say shout out to all the Airbnbs that have yeah, the toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. Man. And then yeah. another thing, too, we were just talking about that. It's just that, like, where we come from in the Bay Area, I feel like if you could make it out here and know how to conduct yourself yeah. into different, you know, yeah. areas, you should be good anywhere else and that's around why, the world. And that's know? why I think, like, yeah. in the world, when people be like, oh, this is dangerous here. And it's like, some places are fucking dangerous, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Uh-huh. I wouldn't be like, hey, bro, just pull up to the Congo or, you know, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. But you got to be smart right. about At it. At the yeah. same time, bro, there is not one place that is dangerous when you just 
carry your street smarts. Exactly. Yep. Uh huh. And it's just like yeah, I was, I was telling that like this. Yeah, like, another like first, talk after <laughs> after first Fridays. How many times do we venture off in the East Oakland to go get some tacos? Anything could happen yeah, out exactly. there. You know, Anything. For real. And, yeah, yeah so. and I was telling them too. It's like uh, so. One of the things that I've gotten into while traveling, and I save a lot of money mm-hmm. doing it, is taking the public transportation system oh, everywhere man, I go. Man, shout right? out, man. Yeah. So I was I was telling them that if you're from the Bay Area, you probably ride Bart. Yep. Mm-hmm. Almost every day, right? You learn a lot, and a bar is a lot more anything. crucial than a lot of <laughs> a lot of public transportation systems in all these other yeah. countries that you might visit. So if you can make it on bar, chances are you can make it on any other. That's real. That's that you, yeah, that's real, yeah. man. Yeah, just know how to conduct yourself. Just come correct, be respectful, yeah. and you know, exactly. most of the time, if you're not you looking know. for trouble. You're not gonna find. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. You go yeah. out there, yeah. disrespectful. Yeah, and, and I know a lot of tough, people think you're the toughest out there. Somebody gonna show you. Exactly. Because then you come into their home. And challenging, yeah, yeah, yeah for man. sure. Yeah, but Cuba was probably one of the I felt the safest. Yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. Mm-hmm. I've gone. It was super yeah, nice because when we when I first got there and I was talking to my Airbnb host and uh, I was just like so because you know everybody's out there just hugging the block you know playing dominoes mm-hmm. listening to music hella kids and I told mm-hmm. him I was just like so is it, is it safe out here if I walk down the street <laughs> and he gave me that like safe yeah, like, like, like what, what you, you talking mean? about like. Yeah, because crime out here, really? Yeah, like, their murder yeah, rate yeah, is yeah. like zero to none. Yeah, and then if you have like a gun or even a knife, that means that you have to have killed or robbed the military, somebody yeah. in the military. Mm. So they're mm. all damn. And you know what's even more crazy, too? Like, their police will have like choppers, bro, yeah. like yeah. big things. Yeah. And it's like, damn, you don't hear about like police out there shooting people yeah, and exactly. killing them down. Yeah. Like, our driver actually made fun of that uh, to us when we were, yeah. because he was just saying, like, Although, although there was tension, you can mm. tell that there was tension. Yeah, they, they, oh, that's yeah, the one yeah, thing I could take back. Because remember, we got shaken down before we went to Valadero. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and you know it's crazy too. They'll shake y'all down because y'all look Cuban. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, what's funny? We all, all look Cuban. Us, yeah. We all look Cuban. But they, they, I heard that from one of my friends. They yeah. was like, yeah, if they think you Cuban, they'll try to shake you down. But then if you speak and they hear that you're American, they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. and they'll switch it up. Yeah. So we probably. Even though we're of dark skin complexion, you feel me? We probably got um, a different treatment vibe, out yeah. there, a different vibe. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. But yeah, that was the one thing that was moving to me to where I was just like, fuck, like this is real. So um, we ended up meeting up uh, a couple uh, at the Fabrica de Arte. And uh, we got their number and shit. They were going to take a salsa dancing. And uh, mm. they wanted a, wanted us to meet them at, like, what's that, the Capitola? They wanted us to meet them there. So we ended up finding them there. And well, I found them, and they were at this hotel. Mm. And I was just like, all right, well, let's 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 re- uh, meet up with oh, the rest yeah. of my partners, right? Mm. So we walk up to this hotel, and then, like, he stops. And I'm like, they're up here. Like, he was just like, I can't go in there. I'm like, what do you mean you oh, can't go yeah. in there? Like, he was just like, this is for, like, tourists. Like, yeah. I'm not allowed in there, you know? So he had to end up talking to the guy, you know, after, like, a five-minute conversation. I thought it was still going to be good, and he still didn't let him. Like, he was just like, I'm going to have to catch you later, man. Like, and that's the sick like, part about Cuba is, like, like, like yeah. yeah, like, you know, we just just up here, you know? like It's a love-hate thing, man. Yeah, it's it a is. love, And all you can really do is recognize your privilege and travel in that country yeah, and being like, uh-huh. all right, bro. That's why I can't really give too many hard opinions on something because it's like one I'm coming from an ignorance you know a state of ignorance and then two it's like I come from a state of privilege at the same time like I don't know how it feels to be Cuban in Cuba because then why I can get into that building and he can't yeah Yeah. so yeah bro 
Yeah, and there were a lot of little bizarre things like yeah. that that we probably couldn't explain, and it's not visible to like mm-hmm. the tourist eye, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, no, not at all. But yeah, you, yeah, you definitely tell there was tension between like there was. I mean, it's a communist society, but you could tell it was kind of a class tension a bit. Yeah, no, and that's where I've learned that from that guy, you know, that I was talking about earlier. It's like, once he brought that to my attention, it's like, I couldn't unsee it. Yeah. You know, I couldn't, I was like, damn. Yeah, because you explaining that just kind of made me think back uh to all the little experiences we were having. Yeah, for sure. That's crazy. So, uh, where's your next destination? Uh, I'm trying to figure it out now, man, for my birthday. Um... I think for my usually you know I'm with the like you know like I said culture and trying to learn and I still am yeah. but I think my next destination for, for my birthday would be probably like the Dominican Republic yeah, yeah. just for some turn stuff but I really do want to try to go since I'm being the DR I really do want to go to Haiti too yeah. but it's just about can I get off work you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying and I think I mean that's a whole another podcast episode you want to talk about yeah, bro, the barriers to traveling and work life especially but, for for Americans you know like in, in Europe they got one month holidays and shit man bro sick sick yeah, and, so, you know we yeah, don't even want to give pregnant women time off <laughs> like yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> crazy, man companies they need their money they yeah. can't afford hey, it hey, any company that's willing to sell you a small medium large is about their dollar yeah. bro like yeah yeah i got lucky about in that it. situation because yeah. i got flex time away yeah it's see just, man just, yeah, nah, so, that's, yeah that's so that's my next right but if i had to choose a for some so reason you're looking like, somewhere to turn up like yeah yeah you but if be I, the perfect you, place well you, you should check out medellin really medellin colombia See, I thought about that. I'm still trying to think about like the affordability for others, but like yeah. I heard about Medellin too, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's super cheap too. Really? Yeah. Yeah, bro. Somebody within out there was like, yeah, I stayed in Medellin for like a month. I was there for Had like a, a mansion. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Damn, bro. Yeah, it's it's a it's a dope city, man. It's All right, I'm gonna have to check it out. Spot. How far is it from uh, Cartagena? Cartagena is um. Probably an hour flight from Medellin. And it's probably only like 50 bucks. See, that's one thing I haven't got used to. Everybody says when you fly, like, within the new country or whatever, it's cheap. But I've never been able to, like, finesse it. That's why I'm hoping when I go to the DR, I'm hoping I can just catch a quick flight to Haiti. You feel me? But that's what's crazy to me about Europe is that uh, flying, like... Here in the United States, when you go to a different state, it kind of oh. it kind of feels a little foreign, right? Oh, yeah. they don't speak a different language. Mm-hmm. It's, it feels like you're doing. You're, and they charge you up too. Yeah, and but if you go to Europe, it seems like it's all one. Because I, I literally I flew from Florence to to uh, to Nuremberg, Germany, for twenty bucks. What? It was that easy to get? You to, serious? Yeah. And then the train system to go all through Italy is like you know how much it cost me to go from Sacramento to LA. Yeah, man, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's but it, they make it so so hard to like get to another state. It's yeah. like no wonder all these states, red states, blue yeah, states, yeah, like, so disconnected. Yeah, yeah. I think I really wanted to like talk about that too, bro. While, while we on that subject is. Um, like people of color traveling because yeah. like when you ask me like what are you up to now it's like right now i'm trying to figure out what is my next move right like I, of course professional so i always have like two aspirations <laughs> like i have aspirations personally and i have aspirations like professional wise yeah. so like professional yeah. wise i do want to do the healthcare stuff nice. you know work for the community and things like that and i can talk about that a whole nother you know time but i've kept having this idea of like having a travel agency you know now they got all types of different travel agencies which which are dope too for the young people um 
but really trying to debunk like the myths about traveling yeah, like yeah. a lot of people in my family don't travel i mean i'm saying never left the bay area yeah. you feel me because they think it's too expensive and like we really have the opportunity to like save the money that we got bro like when i went to cuba bro i did not make a lot of money i still don't make a lot of money but i definitely didn't make the money that i made now when i went to cuba researching like skip lagged bro if you can download mm-hmm. that yep. app skip lagged, yep. download skip lagged hopper yeah you yeah. know all of that stuff right cheapflights.com but um saving up your money like each paycheck just put away 10 percent yeah and you will end up having enough for a flight you know what i'm saying because i think yeah. if more people of color travel bro I really think we'll be living in a different type yeah, of you know, society. More no, yeah, for sure. Way more perspective. Two things on that. Uh, I think that's one of the huge excuses that a lot of people make is that traveling is expensive. And yeah, expensive. it can get expensive. Um, <clears throat> but I think if you do the right research or even because there's this, uh, I'm not sure if they're a blog or something like that. There's Travel Nori or something like that. I was just about to say that. Travel yeah, Nori. They, yeah, they, they, they dive a travel into, agency. Yeah, they, they travel a lot. Uh, or not travel I'm sorry they go into a lot of what it's like traveling the color person mm-hmm. and uh, they do a lot of good um, posts about how you can get into traveling when you don't mm-hmm. have that type of money exactly um, and that's a, a good topic because I mean that's the probably the number one excuse is like, I can't afford it's that it's the shit. number one I remember yeah. I tried to tell my dream is to like be able to put enough money away and then send my mom to South Africa. Of course, I'm going to go with her ass. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But I want to be able to tell her, like, yo, I got this plane ticket for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just because I think it would be a nice entry to the motherland. But it's yeah. like, I remember when I went, people was like, oh, I thought, like, black Americans didn't care about like, Africa. And it's like, no, we just, one, don't know it. Yeah. Two, um, we think it's not, you know, accessible. We think we can't catch that plane and get over there you know what i'm saying and it's like literally that's like probably my biggest pet peeve and then my biggest like personal hurdle is like how do i get this person to understand like yo you can travel here for 300 that's why i love like bragging about cuba not because it's like yo i've been to cuba but just so i can tell somebody like hey you know it only cost me 300 dollars to get you know it cost me 400 to get to cuba but it originally cost three hundred. Yeah. Like, imagine how many different places. Like, I pay more to go to Chicago yeah. than I do to to go to Cuba. You yeah. know, so it's like I just really want that to become a thing. And really, children, I think it's really important for children to go because I think about like Nipsey Hussle. I love Nipsey Hussle. Right? He even said it. He was getting in trouble, and then a lot of times we try to reward good kids, right? Well, let's let's give these badass kids something too, right? Yeah. Because we need something to change their perspective. And Nipsey Hussle, when he was getting into a lot of trouble, his parents, you know, of course, first generation Ethiopians or Eritreans. Really, I didn't sent, know that. Yeah, I swear. Sent okay. him. Uh, you know, he was Eritrean. Nah, I didn't. Man, know. you better look at that I'm boy. Nah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. his parents had sent him to Eritrea or Ethiopia. I don't remember which one. But he said when he came back, his whole perspective have changed. You know what I'm saying? And as he's still neighborhood nip, he's never going to be the same little kid that he was beforehand. So it's like, let's take, if these kids are fucking being bad as shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, send their ass over there to Ghana or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, give them a different perspective. Because right now, our only perspective, our only... um, our only vision of, you know, Africa is Black Panther, I was about to say. You know, shout out to Ryan Coogler. But, like, they need to see it. Yeah. 
because for me growing up, my parents actually took me to El Salvador mm. uh, to get familiar with it. And then being a teenager in Pittsburgh, it kind of helped wrap me up around that neighborhood mentality, that, that tribal mentality, what I called it, mm-hmm. um, before I went to Cuba. And I think one of the things is, is comfortability, like how comfortable you get somewhere. Mm. And then a lot of these kids also get wrapped up in that neighborhood mentality where like if they go to another neighborhood, it's not theirs and they're already uncomfortable being yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. So um, I think that's another uh, that's a good point about getting these kids into different countries, maybe yeah. their motherland country or any country at all. Because um, they'll be exposed to so much Yeah, because um, I just took uh, my girl and then uh, we went with my family and my brother-in-law. We took him out to El Salvador. Mm. And El Salvador has a huge, huge, like there's this cloud over El Salvador, mm. a dark cloud. And then people it painted the it in negative light. The world in what, yeah, it, it, or like yeah for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a, a long war, like a war that's been lasting throughout the, throughout the history of, of, of that country. Yeah. Um, so, and then a lot of people know it for the MS-13. Uh, mm. you know, Honestly, I didn't even think MS-13 was real. It's a real thing? Yeah, it's a yeah, real yeah, thing. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, look, that's why I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, so, and that that's... they. They're plagued. They've plagued the the country, El Salvador, to be painted. And a lot of people don't even mm. know they actually were founded in Los Angeles. Yeah. So when they blame El Salvador, it's because they <laughs> they sent them to El Salvador um, after they had been founded and oh. did time in the United States. Yeah. So when they you went down to El Salvador, there. they had did time in the United States. They looked at them like, oh, he real like this, yeah. is, and that's how it started spreading. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the dark cloud because of the war, because of the gang war out in El Salvador has been painted for a really long time. But I took uh, them out there, and, and, and man, I think that was probably the most flawless trip in terms of everything going according to plan. And shit never goes according mm. to plan. But when we went to El Salvador, everything went according to plan. Mm. Uh, uh, Rob, my brother-in-law, is your best friend. Mm. Uh, he could tell you, bro. He loved it. And it was just a, a life-changing experience to have shared it. Yeah. people that I care about that probably had painted a different picture in their mind yeah. about what this country looks like and uh, I think that's kind of the first step into um, changing people's mentality and, yeah. and, and and kind of getting them out that tribal mentality that you were just mentioning about yeah. these kids yeah. yeah but I loved it that's my yeah um, but what, oh, like what age group was like y'all listeners like, we don't really know from honestly from like 20 like 24 on like to like 30 yeah it's cool but you got too. the mature crowd okay yeah because we all have like our own little group that we like represent like mm-hmm. um like the, the lady of the podcast you know she's a like she's not like a by the book person but you know she's married she has mm-hmm. two kids she's mm-hmm. a homeowner you know she's so she can successful. give you that yeah yeah you know so she gives us that and she was that, a young mother in college a young mother in college mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and uh you just like a go-getter. That's why I yeah. wanted her to podcast, you know, just, you know, her mindset, mm-hmm. you know. Like, when she has something set in her mind, she's going to give it her all, you know. So, she appeals to that crowd. You're like, my boy mm-hmm. Albert, you know. like the teacher he's that we told you about. Teacher, you oh, know, yeah. super liberal, super passionate. When you get him in that mode, like, yep. it's funny. Like, sometimes I like to light that flame underneath his ass just to get him going, you yeah. know. And like, yeah, and he yeah. comes from a lot of place as to where, like, a lot of people wouldn't have given him the opportunity to get to where he did. But yeah. he, made, he made the situation happen to what he had available yeah, to him yeah. so he yeah. provides kind of yeah. like he makes me feel like shit I made hell excuses for myself yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. we need those people you know, us you know we, we we're appeal to the more worldly crowd to like traveling culture history you mm-hmm. know whatever our interests are and stuff yeah we like to spill that shit out so yeah and eventually I want to get into talking about 
like investing uh, oh, equity because uh, I'm into the whole stock market and shit like bro, that. We can talk. Bro, I put some. I put like a y'all need to game me up, bro. bro I real. put some money into cannabis stocks, bro. Okay, and like well, it was a it was a weird situation too because I felt like um like. I didn't want to play the whole game. Like, I'm like, I want to be part of that system, you know. But in a weird way, you kind of just think, like, damn, we all part of a system, whether we like it or not. You know what I'm saying? And um, just learn. You feel me? And I put uh, money. I was, like, researching cannabis sites because I'm just like, man, we've been in prison for this shit. Like, all everything. And it's like, fuck it. Yeah, you touched on it earlier. We come from a consumer society. We're all consumers. So why not? Well, invest in the products that you consume yeah. naturally. But what's crazy is we're all consumers, but yet, like, I feel like with people of color, we taboo money. Yeah. Because as soon as a motherfucker get money, what happens? Oh, you acting different. Yeah. You feel me? You changed. Yeah, you switched up on the crowd, Cuddy. Like, yeah. like, damn, just because I got a hundred dollars, I'm not even rich, my guy. Like, yeah. I, uh, I invested in Square. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Damn, you knew it. Oh, you knew it. <laughs> I got it at uh, $54 a share, then it hit 98 I, I, I sold some at 98 and then kept it. Now it's in there. Do you know that's the worst thing I did? I tried to ask Wale. I was like, what should I invest in? You know, and then I remember somebody, I think he told me, he was like, well, some people start off with what they use. Yeah. I've been using fucking Square Cash, bro. Yeah, man. That's and I'm like, I didn't even know it was app, on a yep. stock market. Mm. You feel me? Yeah, well, that's the thing. There's a lot of these tech powerhouses right now. They they're uh, they got their hand in a lot of different things, mm-hmm. and then those are the companies that I like to personally keep an eye out for, because if you look at uh, Google, Apple, and the the more successful Amazon, mm-hmm. they don't just do one thing. No, they, and Amazon started yeah. off as a as an online bookstore. Yeah, it yeah, was just a bookstore. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and. And now it has his hands on multiple different things. So you look at the their, their money option because mm-hmm. these stakeholders they they invest into these companies based on what type of income they. I ain't bring lie, in. I'm a slave to Amazon, man. For real. Oh, <laughs> I am too. That's a, but it's super useful. But that's see, that's what I'm saying though. It's like that's some. So I was looking at this the other day. Is if you would have, I think Jordans go for about two hundred dollars nowadays, two hundred twenty dollars, mm. which is crazy to me, but. Back when, uh, in I think it was 2002 or something like that, I don't remember the exact year. If you would have bought a pair of Jordan money worth and invested it in Amazon instead, that would have been so let's say $220. You probably would have had $150,000. Right yeah, now. yeah, definitely, bro. That and that's the sick part. Like, Amazon right now is like, I remember when I saw it be like 1000 a share, I was like, goodness gracious, like yeah. this is ridiculous. Yeah. It's like over 2000 a share yeah. now. Yeah. But, like, the one thing that you said, like, it comes down to, like, education, right? And it's, like, that's why I can never, I hate the victim blaming shit, right? When people be, like, if you don't just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, yeah. and it's, like, no, yeah. it's not that simple. Not, like, when you have, when you grow up around it and your dad can tell you or your mom can put mm-hmm. you on the game, like, yeah. that's what you learn. The resources. The resources. Because one, one, one uh, story I'll never forget, my mom she had my brother. I don't think I was born yet. But um, they gave her a stock option or whatever the case may be, right? Gave her stocks. She sold it, like, super quick. She was young, you know, was doing whatever she was doing with it, right? Of course, being responsible, but she sold it. Man, did you know what that stock ended up being? 
was it? Quicken Loans. Oh, wow. So if she would have kept it, I calculated. If she would have kept it and not put money into it, but just kept what they gave her, she would have had about $60,000. At the time, my mom needed to buy a home, bro. Yep. Yep. That money would have covered 20%. Yeah. And she would have been straight off whatever home she wanted. Because she sold it, what? And then it's like I was like, "Well, why did you sell it?" She was like, "What?" Well, she had no idea. I just didn't know. Like yeah. you feel me? Yeah. You give me like a thousand dollars, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm about to use this towards you know the baby stuff and everything yeah. like that." So what do you think? You think that's a part of the plan for them to keep this this inside information from us? Because for me, like I didn't come from a household like that. My mom, pops, they didn't teach me about credit. They didn't teach me about yeah. saving. They didn't teach me about none of that. You know, they were worried about paying the rent. You know, you yeah. know, paying the bills. You know, so it's just like. I always tell them about this too. I was like, bro, I need a stocks one on one class. You know, what I mean, now that I, you know, have my career job, I'm making cool yeah, money and stuff yeah. like that. I want to be able to do more with it. You know? mm-hmm. It's it's hard to say if it's a singular plan like that. Yeah, I think it's a it's a. I always look at it as like a chain reaction, like it's a cause and effect type thing. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, one thing I realized is you can give somebody the information. Yeah. And the majority of them not gonna act yeah, on it. You feel that's me? True, and yeah. that's just the the matter. That's uh-huh. just human psychology right yeah. there. But do they like it and depend on it? Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> you feel uh-huh. me? Well, right now we're in the era of information. And you can Google Information just floods mm-hmm. us. Yeah. But I think we're coming from what's still kind of plaguing us is, is the, the baby boomer era as to where you buy a house. Yeah. Married, mm-hmm. And you have kids. And that's, that's just right. the... It's and then I'm not saying nothing anymore. wrong with it, but if you look at like the housing situation now, like buying a house, it's not that easy anymore. And it's not. And we're not, not, we're not even sure... Here. We're so, not even sure if, if, if everything that was worked for the boomer mm-hmm. era will work for us. Because uh, we don't even know if 401k is actually successful mm-hmm. in our era, right? Most yeah. of our most, most Damn, of the people in our era know. are not going to retire for another 30, 20 mm-hmm. years, right? Um so we don't know if that's going to work for us in the, in the future economy. Hold on. Nobody's surviving off of 401k right now? Well, they are. But the boomer era, uh, that they that that's what worked for them, right? Mm. We don't know if that's going to work for us in this economy. Because they're going to take so it all I, up. So for me, like I grew up, uh, I'm first generation, right? Mm-hmm. So my family, uh, my mom has always been somebody that empowered herself with mm-hmm. knowledge. So I got, I, I got that growing up. She didn't. I mean, she didn't graduate. I'm not even sure if she even has a high school diploma yeah. because she had her GED probably like mm-hmm. 10 years ago that she went to go back and get it. But it, she she lived so much of her life without it, right? So she came in as a, a as an immigrant to this country, and she came in seeking knowledge. So now her family goes to her if they get into legal issues and mm-hmm. shit like that. So I got the example of it, just empowering myself with knowledge like that. So now I've... I've d- dove into Wall Street because I mean it always fascinated me. I watched mm-hmm. movies growing up that yeah, was like damn, yeah. look at these. And it was, but the people represented in in Wall Street are most of them are white, rich yeah. people that already come from mm-hmm. it, but they already been educated mm-hmm. on all all that works, right? So I think the way I try to pitch it towards people is back in the day, the way they used to kind of do it, it was uh, equity in in homes. So they would buy houses and then let their houses you know, build equity. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now it's kind of the same thing to me. It's like you can basically take your money and put it in a and invest it mm-hmm. and then uh, let it build equity there. And mm-hmm. then if you ever want to buy a house, these stocks you can actually get it. There's like a a, a specific tax R-E-I-T. break that you get if you're trying to uh, if you're trying to buy a house. So ultimately, if you are, I'll tell you right now, I don't personally think buying a house in this era in this economy is worth it at least in the bay area in my yeah. experience 
it's not worth it's it. not even obtainable like it's well, i mean i mean it's, it's obtainable but like you know somebody for me you know like I don't want to go back to. I I I hate saying this. Yeah. But I feel like I'm shitting on my hometown, but I don't ever want to go back to Pittsburgh. You know, and yeah. you know, I mean, I, you're a young professional, bro. So yeah. like, ain't nothing out there. And, exactly. and that's what you was know. making it back in the day. And, and, yeah. and this people, that was the American dream back then. Mm-hmm. You have a car, you have a house, you have a family, and you're well, married. Well, it's be, it's because you got, you know urban society living there when it was shitty yeah. and it's like hey bro send the motherfuckers over there yeah. and we'll go to the suburb and now it's like the jobs are coming downtown mm-hmm. and, and the clubs yeah. and the bars and now it's like well shit I'm trying to live in the you know down there now and it's switching so we're being yeah. forced outward and we're like making two hour commutes just yeah, to get to fucking work yeah. you know, I have this conversation all the time like I mean, this is probably not ideal for me, but the reason why I like living in the city is just because everything is so accessible to mm-hmm. me, you know, and I'm so adapted. Like, if I wanted to, I could just hop on bar right now, go to my local coffee shop, you know, or do, like, whatever, you know, whatever I want, you know, and it's just that, like, how could I go back from that, you know, because since I'm already adapted, you know, it's fucking tough. I just know? think you like the city, because oh, I, I, just, I, I can love do that it. back in the East Bay, I, too. I love it. I, I, I love it, 100%. <laughs> Um, but it's just like I feel like I can never go past Oakland. Like you know, I, yeah. you know, like I, I love yeah. Oakland. I'll for sure move to Oakland. But then yeah. what, past that, you know, yeah. it's, it's for me, it's picking. different being in Sacramento because I'm just like, if you put me within reach of Oakland, I'm good. Like yeah, bro, yeah. if I'm 20 minutes away, like hey bro, I'll make I'll make a 30 minute drive work before yeah. like I'm doing an hour and a half from Sac because that just sucks. You yeah. feel me? How, when did you move to Sac? Because I remember when I, we were talking. Uh, I think you were still in the Bay, right? No, nah, I lived in Sac at that yeah. time. Yeah, I lived yeah. in Sac at that time, and I only went to Sac to work. And get my experience up in like government wise, policy wise, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, that's what's up though. Yeah. You're committed to that's the yeah, hell. Oh, yeah, yeah, but now I'm trying to escape. Yeah. Now I'm trying to get out. You feel me? Yeah. So, man, because I don't want to spend, and this is again, it's like what you're saying. You, you got to spend your youth exploring and getting as much experience yeah. as possible. You know, you got to, you know, like somebody told me the other day, this is a time for you to work until you're tired you know what i'm saying yeah. for you to for you to do the up all nighters why yeah. because when you 40 bro i'm not doing that shit yeah that's why a lot of people go work for government agencies when they're like 40 and 50 because they're like i do a i do b i do c and i'm done like at five o'clock i'm done you know it's like this is the time for us to like grind and really be out there and about yeah. and like you said um what do you want to do now? What's the next move? It's like, shit, everything, anything I feel. Like, yeah. I was just telling him earlier, like, this is the time in our lives now where we need to, whatever we want to do. You got to be ambitious, bro. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Even if you fail at it, bro, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And if you fail, cool. You fail forward. Like Will something. Smith said, you still learn something. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just tried it. Like, I was telling him, like, I might do something. Like, bro, I might write a short story, right? I have no aspirations to become the America's next best short story writer. You know what I mean? But damn, why not just fucking do it? Same with me, man. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I kind of want to be that old man that has a bunch of different crafts. Like he's yeah, you know, yeah. Well, well, crazy. Like you said, we're stuck in that time because back then, when you were a scientist. You didn't do just biology. You were a philosopher. Yeah. You were a poet. Yeah. You was yeah. a fucking engineer. Yeah. Like, now we only live in this time where it's weird is we live in this time where we, like, doing one thing, mm-hmm. but yet we feel like we can do it all alone. Like, no, we need him, her, 
everybody. And you it's know what crazy I'm saying? that we stick to that notion because nowadays information is at our disposal, you know? So it's just Man. that we have to use that yeah. opportunity to the fullest. I mean, Google how to yeah. change it. And we have abilities hey, to, to, to get like uh, our own little craft and or, or hobbies and stuff. Yeah. Because, um, my, again, my parents come from a, a immigrant you know, situation where my, where my dad, he's been working two jobs 16 hours a day for like 28 years plus uh-huh. and mm-hmm. so, so what's crazy for me yeah he's what's crazy to <laughs> me in all country he, like. he doesn't want to give it up like he mm-hmm. he yeah. loves it like he's a workaholic at this mm-hmm. point but what's crazy to me is that i also think he's kind of scared about what happens once he retires because he doesn't have any he never had time to develop any hobbies yeah right mm-hmm. like he's, he's gonna be bored he's, yeah like yeah. Well, yeah. what is he supposed to do after he retires because he put himself in a situation to where his retirement money might not yeah, last yeah. him his retirement mm-hmm. Right, so it, it, it's a tough situation to where it's like we come from where our parents and our great grandparents, or right, so on and so forth, mm-hmm. they just work, build a retirement, and go home. Right? But isn't that doesn't that suck? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying, and that's why I'll be trying to push my dad. Like, come on, this got to yeah. be something that you you can learn right now that Bro, uh, that'll push you into retirement. You give mm-hmm. your dad YouTube, my yeah. God, yeah. that'd be a yeah. blessing. Because yeah. like I told somebody the other day, like. I wake up like they I forgot what they asked me but I, I just came to the conclusion like yo the moment I realized I wanted to like take my happiness serious you know I literally wrote down I didn't come up with five things I just said I'm gonna write down things that make me happy things I want to invest my time in yeah. and it so happened to be five things you feel me and from there bro what I realized was wow how much do I spend my time on these five things I wake up at six in the morning I get ready for work I start work at eight. I'm working from eight to five. By then, give me about 30 minutes to get home. Let my brain decompress, six o'clock. I cook dinner, seven o'clock. I maybe go to the gym, eight o'clock here. Like literally from six to eight o'clock p.m. And I'm being modest when I'm saying eight o'clock p.m. because it's really probably gonna be about nine. Yeah. That's, that's it. Like I only have nine to maybe 12 left. You feel yeah. me? And I usually I go to sleep at like two, three in the morning. But still, it's like, that's it. You feel me? So it's like, when do you take time for yourself? Because you work for a company. And that's the dope thing about our generation is with so much stuff in our disposable, we can become and produce as much as we want. Like, you can produce or you can consume. Like, literally, the choice is yours. Like, y'all came here with a podcast. Y'all got a computer. The Migos made, uh, what's their mixtape they made? The first Mm mixtape? Young Rich and Hampson? I forgot. Mm The Migos made their mixtape, you know what I'm saying, in a closet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we literally have these things that are disposable. So it's like, we don't have to give our whole entire life to a company that 20 or 40 years later, they let us go and then we asked out. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? 100%. We can produce for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. that's like, exactly why I want to indulge in a bunch of like different crafts. Because yeah. my, my, my dad, he goes to work at uh, 4.30 a.m. Gets mm. on the first bar train mm. and he doesn't come back home till like twelve AM. Yeah. He, so he, he doesn't even want to eat because if he gets <laughs> late then he goes straight to sleep. Yeah. He can just, yeah. just come right back up. Yeah. What's about to say? And that's why like for me, like I the reason why I took the career path that I'm in is is like I wanted to take advantage of them, you know? Like yeah, I got yeah, free yeah. flights, you know. So I mean mm-hmm. that was one of the main things too. And then also like like today I start work at nine PM. 
but you know I, I felt like shit I'm gonna sacrifice my sleep just so I can get this shit done like this podcast you know me and Rico have been talking about doing this podcast for like over a year ever since we got you know back from Cuba you know mm-hmm. and like for me it was more of a way to just to spitball uh, spitball ideas and our interest you know and project them out to you know the audience and maybe that plants a seed into them to where it's just like damn all right like they're doing something you know yeah. like you know these these small town kids you know people mm-hmm. you know are actually doing something positive you know so it's just that like maybe i, I tend to like be because he always told me I'm, I'm too hard on myself but it's just that i know where i was when i was complacent you know? and i never want to get back to that Real you know tough. and i always had that self-doubt to where i wasn't smart i wasn't this and that i barely got through high school but yeah. you know just like through hard work you know getting through like my school and all my testing and stuff for the aviation shit yeah. and it's just to like to see where i'm at now it's just like well shit like don't like necessarily use me as a blueprint but i'm just trying to say that hey man look if you get up off your ass and you really have something in your mind and you want to do that there ain't no stopping i mean shit you know it's just pretty much you that that can get into the way you have to look in the mirror and look at yourself as unstoppable like i remember we had a conversation and you low-key one of the reasons why i kind of um decided to do whatever the fuck came to my mind Talk to him about that book, man. That when you was like, you gotta count the green cars or something like that. Oh, what's that shit called? Hold on. Man, it's a book. I probably got that shit, man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably got the book right here. But let me know. I'm gonna write that shit down. Cause, you know, he had I a love book. He, he had a he had a book, man. I'm, I'll let him talk to you about it. But um, it really just taught me, like, you know, there's barriers to stuff, right? Like, I'm I'm never the type of person to be like. They didn't deny you loans to buy a home. Like, you know, that happened. Red line that happened yeah. and stuff like that. I'm never going to be to pick yourself up by your booster type of person. Yeah. What I will do is say that your mind makes you unstoppable. Oh, You're like, you can do what you want to do. 100%. You got to look in the mirror and see that shit in yeah, yourself. Uh-huh. You got to find that. Whatever that flame is that, that that is lit underneath their ass to keep you going. You, know? like, you got to do yeah, it. Yeah, for me, you know, it's just that I, I tend to... I tend to dwell on like like the things that get me going to whether it's something negative to where like you know people are doubting me yep. you know and it's just like okay you doubted me but I'm gonna prove you wrong and I'm gonna mm-hmm. you know it's just that I'm gonna dwell on that and it's just gonna get me going it's just gonna give me all the energy it's gonna see, give me that cr- momentum to propel forward see that's crazy yeah. I can't I dwell on that shit I'll sink yeah. <laughs> even I can't well, yeah, you see that's it. what I'm saying you have to find that specific yeah. that specific flame you know to you know, put underneath your ass so, yeah. Uh, yeah the book is E squared before, but it's like it's the power of like your thoughts so like positive thinking basically like the power of like attraction basically so whatever you think that like creates your reality so in the book it has like what does it say uh like nine do-it-yourself energy experiments so it's like the book is like one of the experiments like think about a random car color that you don't usually see like a it's that green in the book so you yeah. just think just think about green cars all day when I was driving, you just start yeah. seeing green cars. It's <laughs> the power of attraction. And one other one is like, think about butterflies. Like, see butterflies. When I was doing it, it was in the winter. So I was like, I'm not about to see no butterflies outside. I was still working at the school. So I was reading books to the kids. It was just happened to be butterflies in the book. Oh, I was like, oh, shit. 
like this shit is real it's like whatever you think that's your reality so like Mm -hmm. just put your like your mind to anything you can do we're gonna put we're gonna put that book the description of that book on the on the link so you guys can check that shit out but not definitely you gotta read that it's funny because I was talking to my girl I was uh like next year I don't even well I was thinking about getting a car and Mm -hmm. this one specific car that I wanted I kept on now I see that shit everywhere it's like say you get a rental car you never you never usually see this car you're in a rental you start seeing the same yeah, rental out the same car real, and be like, man, what the power to that for yeah, sure, man. Power but yeah, I'm to for sure going to cop that book. Hell yeah, man. But uh, shit, we're at two hours. I think we can wrap that shit yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, you good. You know? so, uh, but yeah, I appreciate both of you guys for coming no, out yeah, here and doing this shit. Thanks for man. We definitely gonna get some listeners, and you know, I hope you know their story inspires you guys to you know go out there, you know, for whatever you're traveling, you know, get into politics, you know, the the E two book, you gonna start noticing hey. some shit, you know, about yourself. But yeah, man, man. I know I'm about to see a hundred dollars when I walk outside. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, any any closing out thoughts? Um, for me, it's just uh, whatever you feel, whatever you do, follow your energy, get out there and do it. You know, like and and it, just pick one thing. I think for me, I always try to get the whole universe in one thing. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, just pick one small thing, yo. Like, I'm going to go to the Dominican Republic or I'm going to write that short story. Like, yes. just get that one thing and just do it. Just do it for yourself. I would say one thing, too, is, is uh, if you see the flight available and you could purchase it, Purchase it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's real. <laughs> don't even ask because, yourself no yeah, questions. Yeah, because if, if you don't at that moment, you're not going to buy it yeah. after all. It's going to be $100 yeah. more the yeah. next day. So We got to be like Juice. Man. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, like, we'll like, go. You know what? I'm going to just book it right This flight right here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you do yeah. got it and you see it, buy it right there yeah. and then. That way you kind of have to go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. So. All right, I think that's it, y'all. So closing out podcast posse. This is a uh, what's real with my boy Reese and Juice. And um, I told you guys, you guys are gonna be impressed. I've been, Maybe. I mean, I've been telling my other members, you know, about you know just your, your train of thought and stuff. And you know, I'm glad to have you guys on. Man, so yeah, thank sure. you, man. Appreciate yep. it. Shout Hell out yeah, to y'all, man. podcast posse. Hell yeah, we out. Peace. <laughs>